Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is honest and proper and noble, aiming to be above reproach in the sight of everyone. So, that's another way of saying what I'm talking about today. When something bad happens to you, don't just go try to give it back to somebody else, but let your behavior be such that nobody can bring a reproach on you. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, I will admit that there are a few people that are just not going to get along with you. I don't care what you do. But we have a responsibility to be peacemakers, makers and maintainers of peace. Don't ever hesitate to be the first one to apologize. I said don't hesitate to be the first one to say, well, it's not my fault. That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Keeping the strife out of your life is much more important than you being stubborn and saying, well, I'm not going to apologize to you because it's your fault. I remember the foolishness of telling God one time when he was prompting me to apologize to Dave again, and I felt like I was the only one that was ever doing that. And I actually tried to tell God it wasn't my turn, it was Dave's turn. That's not fair, God. I apologize to him the last time. It's his turn. However, I could not find a scripture that said apologize and make peace if it's your turn. So here's the thing. The first one to make peace is the stronger one in God. Amen? The first one to go and say, look, if I was wrong, I'm sorry. We, we need to have peace. Dave and I don't put up with a bunch of nonsense between each other. We make peace. I cannot fight with him all morning and then get up here and preach and expect to have any kind of an anointing on my life. And so we've got to make sure that we're not living one life in public to impress people and then some other life at home behind closed doors. Verse 19, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, requite, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals of fire upon his head. And I know sometimes we're like, yeah. But that's not what that means. That's not what you think it means. If you'd go and read the footnotes in Proverbs, on Proverbs 25, which we're not going to go there, it actually says that those uh, fiery coals are love being poured out on your enemy that then melts their heart and shows them the love of God. 
And I know that, you know, if you watch me on television, you've heard a lot of the stories that I tell, but it's very quickly one of the greatest examples in my own life, and I'm sure that you have others too, is when God asked me to take care of my father who had abused me in the latter years of his life until he died. And in the process of that, God used that to bring salvation to him, and I got to baptize him and see him completely change. Amen. He did not apologize to me until he was 80 years old for what he did. But he's in heaven now, and I'm sure he's glad that I'm telling his story because finally we're getting some good out of it. Amen? Now, I will tell you that it was the hardest thing, one of the hardest things that I ever had to do because it cost a lot of money, it took a lot of time, and it wasn't anything that I particularly wanted to do. But the thing we've got to realize is we don't have to want to do everything we do. I don't imagine Jesus wanted to go to the cross. But there was another part of him, a spiritual part, that wanted to obey God more than he didn't want the discomfort. And so if you want to obey God more than you don't want to be uncomfortable, then you can do everything that God asks you to do, and that includes being good to your enemies. I know that's so hard to hear. Romans 12, 21, one of my very favorite scriptures. Do not let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome and master evil with good. So when you're having a problem, the power position that you need to take as a believer is I'm having a problem, but I'm going to keep being as good to everybody as I can possibly be good to. Wow, I better rewind and try that one again. When you have a problem, don't just like, um, you know, I'm going to go over in my corner and have a pity party all day. No, you're not going to look beyond that to see what the enemy's trying to do. That's exactly what he's trying to get you to do. Take you out so you're not serving God, you're not worshiping God, you're not helping anybody. You're just sitting home and feeling sorry for yourself. And that does not help. It does not change anything. Trust me, I have tried it. And it doesn't help. Okay, now, a friend of mine who's a pastor, been in ministry for a long, 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 long time. His young, beautiful wife died with cancer. Now, here's a couple that have been faithful. They've worked hard in ministry. Unfair situation. How do you make any sense out of that? But he said that the very first thing that he said to God after she passed, and I want you to get this today because this is really like a, a hinge point for this message today. The first thing he said to God, he said two things. The first thing he said was, God, help me do this right. I hope somebody else here can understand the depth of that statement. Help me do this right. In other words, he was saying, God, I want to represent you right in this situation. I don't want to get mad at you. I don't want to blame you. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to get depressed. I don't want to handle it wrong. Lord, help me do this right. 
I feel really good about that for this meeting today and for those watching by TV because I think if that would be our first prayer when we have trouble, whoa, just think how that would change things. Lord, help me do this right. I want to do this right. The second thing he said, and some of you may kind of go, I don't know about that. Second thing he said, and I, I like it, he said, I'll never ask you why. Now, I don't necessarily suppose it's wrong to ask why. I've done my share of that in my life. But the thing is, is a lot of times you don't get answers. Or you don't get one that you like. And, but what normally happens is you do get yourself confused. <laughs> Come on now. That's just, I just want to help you today. I just want to help you. So I'm not going to tell you can't ask why. It's between you and God, but I like what he said. I vote with that because I spent a lot of years in my life asking God why he didn't deliver me from the abusive situation that I was in as a child because I prayed and asked God to get me out of that situation. I was born again when I was nine years old, and I prayed and asked God to get me out of it. And that's not what happened. And I don't know why. But I stopped a long time ago trying to figure out why and just decided that I was going to let God do something good with it and I wasn't going to spend the rest of my life being miserable because I couldn't understand the why behind the first 15 years. Amen? is always going to require some unanswered questions in your life. If you understand everything, then you don't need any trust. This is where we believe that God is good. And even though we don't understand, listen, there's a lot of wickedness in the world. The sin principle is running rampant in the world. There's a lot of things that happen just because of the conditions in the world today and the devil's alive and well on planet Earth and you know, sometimes we open doors, but sometimes, you know, the enemy's attacking you because you're doing something right. I don't know all the lies. The Bible says we know in part, we prophesy in part, but thank God the day will come when we will know even as we are known. All the answers that you and I want, we're going to have the minute that we pass over into living in his literal presence. But for now, for now, God's given us a gift. He's given us faith. And so we don't have to drive ourselves crazy. We don't have to be bitter. We don't have to be confused. We don't have to hate everybody that's ever hurt us. We have another option. We can say, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you. Help me do this right. You know, whatever you're going through, and I'm sure some of you are going through some very difficult things, God has already given you all that you need to make it through in victory. But you need to believe that. If we begin to get this thinking that we're going to be defeated, then our actions will follow that. But if you believe what the Word of God says, I mean, really believe it, then you're going to find that your living follows what you believe. Today we're offering you the Word of God. 
Winning Life's Battles, four hours of audio teaching on CD, and Let God Fight Your Battles book. It's been a very popular small book. It's 150 pages, but it's like not huge, and so it's something you can read pretty quickly, and you're going to really, really enjoy it. I want you to have a great day. Remember that God loves you. He's got a special plan for your life, and you are never anywhere that he's not with you all the time. Have you ever felt like you're all alone, fighting life's battles against something you can't see? Or maybe you're experiencing difficult times that are seemingly too impossible to handle. Be encouraged. With God, you don't have to face life's trials alone. He is mighty and able to help you triumph over any obstacle you face. Joyce shares how to rely on God and His power in her teaching series, Winning Life's Battles, and her book, Let God Fight Your Battles. For a donation of $30 or more, we'll send you Joyce's four-part audio series, Winning Life's Battles, and her book, Let God Fight Your Battles. Call our toll-free number, 1-800-727-9673, or visit us at JoyceMeyer.org. by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. Jesus told us about the signs of his coming in the end of the age. Listen every Saturday night at 6 p.m. Pacific and Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific as prophecy speaker Irvin Baxter explains about the Antichrist, the one world government, the one world religion, World War III, Mark of the Beast, and the Rapture. Don't miss one segment of End of the Age because the end time is now. Let's find a place where we can be alone. Satan, you have nothing with which to tempt me. Oh, you've come here to tell these people how to be saved, haven't you? Do you know who these men are? They are the servants of the Most High God. I tell you, you must listen to these men. Listen to the servants of the Most High God. The Rodian knows those men? Eternal life. I tell you, you must listen to these men. Listen to the servants of the Most High God, for they know the path to eternal life. These are the servants of the Most High God. Hear them. Satan! I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her! I'm naked for you. He says, if you come to me, I can heal you. And maybe I'll heal you physically, but surely I'll heal you inside. ushered in by visible signs. You won't be able to say it started here in this place, or there in that part of the country. For the Spirit of God is within you.
How many know that every time God uses you, he always says, Truth. Divided the word network. Press in bondage to a life of mental and physical pain. Until God gave her a new life and powerful messages of how you can heal your wounded soul. Now, here is Katie to begin today's program. Hi, this is Katie Souza. Welcome to Healing Your Soul, Real Keys to the Miraculous. Okay, today I'm going to share a revelation with you that may freak you out a little, but I've made sure that I put a lot of scripture in this teaching so that you would know that it is biblical. When the Lord gave it to me, I was in excruciating pain. I had been suffering from mysterious, unexplained body pains for many months. I tried everything, prayer and fasting, aspirins, vitamins, health drinks, stretching, ice packs, heat pads, back patches, all of it. Nothing worked. Then one night, I cried out to God with all my might, and he gave me this revelation. He told me I had pride in my life, and that sin had wounded my soul and was allowing a specific demonic king to torment my physical body. Are you suffering from some kind of unexplained pain? And no matter what you do, it doesn't go away? Today could be your answer. Today could be the day that you get set free from that affliction. Okay, we're going to talk about a particular sin that wounds the soul and how it brings a specific king upon you. It's the sin of pride. Everybody goes, oh, man. Bummer, man. (laughs) If you look up pride in the dictionary, it means arrogant, disdainful conduct or treatment, and haughtiness or an excessively high opinion of oneself. All right. Eek! You know, pride for us believers is a sticky wicket. You know, because honestly, don't we really like to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves? Am I the only one? No. I mean, aren't you trying to, like, keep yourself humble? You know, when you say something a little bit, you go, oh, sorry about that. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I try to, especially now that I've had this revelation, I really have been trying to check myself about the pride issue. And for a second there, I actually didn't even, I guess I was so prideful, I didn't even know where I was being prideful, you know. But I, I've started to catch myself now. I notice that if somebody's talking to me and I cut them off, like, oh, well, 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 well let me tell you this. That means I must think that what I have to say is more important than what they have to say. And if you, anybody have that disease? Okay. And also when, um, you know, people might bring me ideas, because, you know, I'm the head of an international ministry, so there's a lot of idea birthing and things going on, and people will bring me ideas. And how many of you have this disease where people bring it right away? As soon as you hear somebody with an idea, you go, inside you go, you go, no, 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 we should really do it like this. And then you spit out, your genius, super above everybody else's idea. Right? You know what I'm saying? How many of you do that? And how many of you are really chronically arguing with a lot of people a lot of times? You know, if you're chronically arguing with people, it's pride. Because you think you're right and they're wrong. 
How many of you have that disease? Come on, how many of you have that disease? Pride is something else. You know, for me, I, I got to strike a balance because, you know, I am running a ministry and and I've, I've got to be authoritative, but my authority has to be filled with grace and love and humility instead of just do it my way because I'm the boss. You know what I mean? So I have to be careful, okay? Pride is sneaky. You need to, we need to learn how to recognize it. And what we have to understand is that pride is more than just wrong. It can make you a sick. It can wound your soul because it's a sin, and sin wounds your soul. And it can cause you to be attacked by a specific king, a despot spirit. Okay? So let's look at that. Remember, the Bible does talk about uh, sin wounding the soul. That's what it says in Isaiah 30, 26. It says that the Lord binds up the hurts of his people and heals their wound that came because of their sin. So sin wounds the soul. It wounds us. It's not talking about a physical wound. It's talking about the wounds inside our inner man that come when we sin. So pride is a sin, and it can cause specific spirits and their kings to attack us. Now, who are these spirits, and who is their king? So let's first look at the spirits, okay? In Luke 10, it says this, verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. So here's a promise from Jesus. Jesus said this, that we will never be able to be hurt by any snake or scorpion. Now, what is he referring to? Is he referring to us having total dominion over snakes and scorpions in the natural? Like if we were to go out into some desert area and a snake would bite us, would we be able to believe and have faith that we have power over that snake bite and that we would, it would not kill us and the toxin would not harm us in any way? Well, I believe that that's true, that, that yes, we can put our faith on that, that we would have dominion over snakes and scorpions in the natural. I mean, look what happened to Paul when he was in the shipwreck and he went and they started a fire and all of a sudden a, a serpent came out of the fire and fastened itself onto Paul's hand, but he just shook it off. They expected him to die because the serpent was poisonous. It was toxic, but he did not die. So he had dominion in the natural over the serpent and the poison that it put inside his body. So I believe we can put our faith on that. But is it talking about anything else? Is it possible that these snakes and scorpions also represent demonic entities? Well, I believe it's true. When you look at that story... In Luke 10, Jesus had just in the previous chapter sent out his 12 disciples with power, it said, to drive out demons and heal the sick. And then in the next chapter, chapter 10, he sends out the 70 with the same assignment. Go out, drive out demons, and heal the sick. And they went out, and they had this wonderful encounter of ministry where they went out, and everywhere they went, they said that all the demons would submit to them in their name. I'll read you the scripture. It says, And the seventy returned with joy, saying, Jesus, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample on serpents and scorpions. See, so if you read this in context, they were just saying, Wow, even the demons submitted to us in your name. And then he says, Behold, I've given you power over snakes and scorpions. So if you read it in context, these snakes and scorpions that are referred to in the scripture are demonic entities. Amen? 
Now remember what Jesus says right in the verse before. He said, Behold, I see Satan falling like lightning from the sky. Well, what is Satan called in Revelation 20, verse 2? It says that he is that old serpent, the devil, and Satan, which will be bound a thousand years. So Satan is called an old serpent. So if you think Satan, who is a demonic enemy, the chief of them all, is called an old serpent, do you think he has serpents underneath him that are demonic entities? Amen? Okay. Now, remember, Satan appeared as a serpent in the garden, didn't he? Now, I don't know if he did it in the spirit or in the natural, but if he can take on that form of being a serpent, do you think other demonic entities can take on that form also? Yes? Okay. Now, what do these snakes and scorpions do to you? Well, let me ask you a question. Does Satan attack your physical body? Oh, man. Come on, man. Hey? Put motivation. Over his body, from the top of his head. Satan did that to Job, didn't he? So Satan attacks our physical body, doesn't he? And Satan is called that old serpent. That our physical body. Verse 7. I'll read two scriptures and I'll time together. It says, And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed his nostrils, nostrils of life, and man became living soul. So what part of it out of? The dust. Around the world, 
like the story of the man with an injured rotator cuff that was miraculously healed in one of our meetings. Afterwards, he jumped right into a faith-based program, and by the time he was released, he was radically on fire for God. Now you can be a part of making the next miracle. Call now, and when you do, Katie would like to thank you for your gift by sending you a copy of her teaching and soaking set, Soul Crossing, Taking Your Promised Land. With your gift of $25 or more, you will have a part in putting God's Word directly into the hands of a life that is ready to change. Call toll-free 1-800-789-7895. And as a thank you for your gift, Katie will send you a copy of Soul Crossing. How many times have you heard a sermon declaring you were taking your promised land, but it never happened? The story in Joshua 3 proves that you need to get your soul healed in order to take possession of your promised land. In this teaching, I show you how to do it. Plus, I've included a powerful soul-soaking disc to enable you to cross your Jordan and collect your inheritance. Call now with your gift, 1-800-789-7895. Help Katie reach out to thousands of prisoners with a powerful message of God's ultimate healing power. Now what about the scorpions? What do they do? Well, they also attack our physical body. And there's proof in Revelations 9. When you read that scripture, it says in verse 3 that the scorpions had, were given power on the earth. And in verse 5 it says, that they were given power to torment men for five months, to strike men with their tails and to torment men. Verse 10, because they had tails like a scorpion, these beings, had tails like a scorpion, and they had sting in their tails, and their power was to hurt men for five months. So it talks about these scorpions here, and that they would sting men and they would torment men for five months. What kind of torment? I looked it up. The word torment there... In the Strong's means, this is just a few of the meanings, to torture, to vex with grievous pain in the body and in the mind. These spirits are out to hurt you physically. And you're going to see they can do it because of what's in your soul. You're going to see that when you have pride in your life, that sin wounds you, and enables these snakes and scorpions to torment you in your physical body and in your mind. Amen? I'm going to build the argument. But let me first talk about my snake attack. Not too long ago, I was under a snake attack. What do I mean by that? I was having some of the most horrendous body pain that I've ever had. I mean, my whole body hurt, and the pain would move around. And it didn't what you did. It would continue to hurt, okay? You could go to the chiropractor, and it would hurt worse after you left. You could, put a, uh, you could put a hot pad on or a cold pad on or take an aspirin or, or have a massage or whatever you wanted to try, and it would hurt worse afterwards. Nothing would cause the pain to leave. Now, that's one thing about snakes. They're deceivers, aren't they? What does it say about, about the serpent in the garden? He was the most cunning of all. The cunning of all the animals. He was, he was devious. He was able to deceive Eve, right? That's one thing about these snakes and scorpions. When they attack your physical body, they try to make you think it's something else. They try to make you think that, oh, it was that box that I picked up the other day. 
I must have twisted my back. Or, you know what, when I got out of the car last night, I kind of, like, twisted my ankle when I stepped down, and, boy, my, my whole leg hurts now, my back hurts now. It must be that. Or, or I'm not getting enough water. I'm dehydrated. I need more, I need more vitamins than water. It tries to deceive you into thinking it's something else because that's what snakes are. They're deceivers, okay? So I was thinking it was something else because I had just been in a car accident, a very serious car accident that almost took my life. And so I'm thinking, well, this is a residual effect of a car accident. I must have had a flare-up. Something's going on, you know, I'll just keep on, you know, taking my aspirin or keep on taking a hot bath or keep on, you know, getting a chiropractic adjustment and, and it'll go away. But it didn't go away. It didn't go away. And finally, somebody on my team had a vision. They called me up and said, I just saw a big, huge boa snake wrapped around your entire body. Okay. How nice. And so I was like, all right, let's give it a test. Because Luke 10 says that we have been given power to trample on snakes and scorpions, right? So I went got in my warrior suit mode and went, in the name of Jesus, I trample on that snake. In Jesus' name, and I command you to come off right now. I trample on you. I release exosia power against you. You leave right now in Jesus' name. Pain stopped. Mm. So it was a snake. And so I was like, okay, that's great. Pain stopped, good. I'm walking along. 20 minutes later, uh, another pain. This time, like, on my shoulder, I'd be like, whoa, now my shoulder hurts. That's really weird. That's, that's strange. I wonder what it is. And so I'm like in the bathroom thinking, oh, you know, this is from the accident. It must be, you know, something else, you know. It can't be another snake, blah, blah, blah. Right? And I'm brushing my teeth, and the Lord says, no, it's a snake. Get it off. So I go, okay. So I began to rebuke it again. I began to bind it again. I began to release exosia. I've been given power to trample on scorpions and snakes. And I ripped it off, and the pain left. And so I'm like, another snake? There's two. Like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy, right? And I'm walking along. 20 minutes later, it happens again, lower back. Took a snake off again, pain left. 30 minutes later, it happened on my leg, and I'm like, what's going on? And I command the snake to leave, and it left. And this just kept on happening all day long. The snake would come, there'd be pain, I'd get rid of it. It would stay off for 20, 30, 40 minutes, then it would come back again. Big old snake attack. And then somebody called me and said, I had a vision that there was a being in the second heaven, because Satan's the prince of the power of the air, you know. And he was walking up on the second heaven with a basket full of snakes just throwing them out on you. Snake attack! Because he should have known she was not interested. that says that there is a demonic king over so let's go back to the conference so we can get delivered of the sins of pride that wound our soul then
from the sin of pride is being healed right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I am excellent of soul. 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 In Jesus' name. You know, keep on focusing on it. Just keep on putting dunamis on your soul. Luke 10 says, Behold, I have given you power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall in any way harm you. You just got your soul healed of the wounds that came from the sins of pride. So the legal right that gives these demonic spirits the ability to attack you is gone. Now is the time to release the ecstasy of power Jesus has given us to trample on serpents and scorpions. So let me pray for you. In Jesus' name, I release the anointing of power that Jesus has given us. And I trample on every serpent and scorpion now in Jesus' name. I command every one of these demonic spirits to come off of you in the name of Jesus. You spirits, you stop causing pain, sickness, and disorder right now in Jesus' name. I trample on you in the name of Jesus. I trample on you in the name of Jesus. Go now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today, with your support, you are giving hope and healing to a life that may be in a desperate need of a change. There's nothing more satisfying than reading the testimonies sent in from prisoners around the world. Like the story of a man with an injured rotator cuff that was miraculously healed in one of our meetings. Afterwards, he jumped right into a faith-based program, and by the time he was released, he was radically on fire for God. Now you can be a part of making the next miracle. Call now, and when you do, Katie would like to thank you for your gift by sending you a copy of her teaching and soaking set, Soul Crossing, Taking Your Promised Land. With your gift of $25 or more, you will have a part in putting God's Word directly into the hands of a life that is ready to change. Call toll-free 1-800-789-7895. And as a thank you for your gift, Katie will send you a copy of Soul Crossing. How many times have you heard a sermon declaring you were taking your promised land, but it never happened? The story in Joshua 3 proves that you need to get your soul healed in order to take possession of your promised land. In this teaching, I show you how to do it. Plus, I've included a powerful soul-soaking disc to enable you to cross your Jordan and collect your inheritance. Call now with your gift, 1-800-789-7895. Help Katie reach out to thousands of prisoners with a powerful message of God's ultimate healing power. I didn't have enough time in today's program to prove to you that it's pride that is allowing these demonic assaults. But next week, I'm going to show you the connection between the sin of pride and these snakes and scorpions. I'm even going to show you the scripture that says there's a demonic king who is over pride. Sometimes we have layers of pride in us. So we're going to do another healing activation next week. So if you didn't get your breakthrough yet, you will. See you next week. Have you received a miracle while watching this show? Send us your one-minute selfie video. What's a selfie? Take out your cell phone. Hold it like this, not like this, so we can air on television. 
hit record, and tell us your one-minute healing testimony. For more information, go to our website at katiesouza.com. purse is out of reach. You're distracted, frustrated, and in no time, you've got a purse pileup all over the dirty car floor. Not anymore. Introducing Purse Pouch, the handy handbag holder that keeps your purse in a pouch, so it's always secure and by your side for easy access. Just place your purse in the pouch or hammock it on the pouch, and it stays put. It's so easy. Purse Pouch hooks and hammocks between your car seats in seconds. No tools, hardware, or headaches. Instantly, that empty space between the seats is a perfect pouch that holds your purse tight right where you need it. The easy adjustable straps create a custom fit for any purse, any bag, anything large or small. Purse pouch holds them all. Get your very own purse pouch in stylish tan or black for just $10. But wait, call now and we'll double the offer and send another purse pouch and it's yours free. Just pay separate processing and handling. Here's how to order. To order the purse pouch for $10 plus processing and handling, call 1-800-316-8551 or order online at PursePouch.com. You're watching FETV, Family Entertainment Television.
Joshua, find your place. I want you to close your eyes and just imagine as if Mahidi Jackson was in this house. Give him a great big God bless you. He's going to bless you. Because you're only heaven's deep heart. 
with it. I want to thank God for my brother. Yes, sir. I come and thank God. I come and thank him.
that creature of LA. I say, yes, ma'am, is everything okay? He said, come over here, I got something to say. You shouldn't be on TV acting that way. Would you rather I be fake? Want me to act like I don't make mistakes? Sorry, ma'am, I ain't cut that way. I gotta keep it 100 all day. And your attitude is worse than mine. And you can be a little bit more kind. And if you won't vote to come to your church, we all gotta do some work. children made it back in one piece. Boy, I'm tired. I'm tired. They were so well behaved. What? They act like people. Oh, my God. You sure you had the right group? Oh, I didn't even mind. You know, I, it was really, really, God really, really blessed. He didn't see it. He, they, they behaved themselves. They enjoyed themselves. They, I think they... Um, pulled off a plethora of knowledge, gained a plethora of knowledge, shall I say it, from the experience. And then to be able to take them, a lot of them have never even been out across the state line that long out of Birmingham. So it was good. It was really, really good. Oh, that sounds beautiful, young man. 
ain't even got to say no other word. Okay. Beautiful, 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 beautiful trip. Well worth the time. You made it back in one piece. Cool. And late going to work today. I'm just not. I'm, I'm talking about really late. Well, you know. What time did you make it back? About 8 o'clock last night. Cool. All righty then. Go ahead and open us up, young man. Sure, young man. <laughs> Lord, please forgive me for that one. He's not that young, but in a way. All righty then. Okay. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, Lord God, just to say thank you, Lord God. We stand in awe of you. Yes, Lord, you are so amazing. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for giving us life, health, and strength this day. We thank you, Lord God, for closing us in our right mind, Lord, and giving us the activity of our limbs. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that we have brand new mercies, Lord God, new mercies, Lord God, that we have not even seen, nor can we imagine, Lord God. Mercies that are brand new, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the blessings that you've given us each and every day, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that these are not recycled blessings, Lord God, but they are brand new each and every day that we open our eyes. We thank you, O Heavenly Father, that as we rose this morning, we had a mind to praise your holy name, to give glory to your holy name, to reverence you for being the God and the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord God, for being our help, Lord God, in the time of trouble. We thank you, O Lord God, that even as the minister spoke this morning, Lord God, how she spoke, Lord God, that you gave us dutiful power, Lord God, to lay hands over our bodies, Lord God, and we will be made whole, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for giving us power, Lord God, that we can stand in the gap and pray and have faith, Lord God, that anything we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and believe in our heart that it's already been answered, it is being done. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can Spelling the gap, Lord God, and pray for those who know not that we're praying for them, Lord God, and they are being our lives are being changed miraculously, Lord God. They don't know that we're praying, but Father God, they're receiving the benefits, Lord God, for us spelling in the gap and praising for and praying for them. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you clothed, you covered our families, Lord God, and you kept them, Lord God, to bless them to see another day. We thank you for healing their minds, their bodies, their souls, Lord God. We thank you for healing their walk, even their talk, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for even removing the scales from our eyes as well as their eyes so they can see your marvelous hand move mightily upon them, Lord God. The miraculous blessings that you are giving each and every one of us. We thank you, Lord God, although we wasn't deserving of your glory and your blessings upon our lives, Lord God. You saw us fit, Lord God, and you found favor, Lord God, and granted us with that favor, Lord God. So that's the reason why we can speak, Lord 
Lord God. Even as you spoke, the word says that in Noah's days, that you spoke to Noah, and Noah found favor in your eyesight, and before the eyesight of man. And Lord God, we just thank you, Lord God, that we see that favor that you have given us, Lord God. So that's the reason why we can say that I have favor of the power of the Most High God, God Jehovah. We thank you, O Lord God, for our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who stands or sits on your right hand to your throne, making intercessions for us, kneeling down and praying and asking you to have mercy upon this land, Lord God, the land that has gone contrary to your will and your way. They're not walking in your will and your way. They're not even seeking your will and your way, nor y'all would God of the world that is not even trying to study your will and way. But, Father God, you've given us another chance, Lord God. This is not a second chance, but these are many chances. For each and every day, Lord God, it's a new chance, Lord God, to get it right before you, Lord God, and get it right with you. So, Father God, we ask you to bless this call right now. Let every word that be spoken, Lord, be edified and and, and ordained and appointed by you. Let us not speak from our heads, Lord God, but let us speak from our hearts, Lord God, which you speak to us through our hearts, Lord God, so that as we pray, Lord God, as we sing, as we minister, even as we speak the words, Lord God, that is coming forth, Lord God, that will be ordained by you. We ask you to pour a special anointing upon Sam right now, even as he get ready to bring the word, Lord God, even as he get ready to stand in the gap and pray for all the, those on his list, Lord God, even the pressure of the ministries, Lord God, that we will be blessed, for we know this is a day of blessings, Lord God. This is a day of re- rejuvenation, Lord God. This is a day of restoration, Lord God. This is a day, Lord God, that you have molded us and made us over, Lord God. You make us over and over each and every day. So, Father God, we just ask you to, to move your mighty hands, Lord God. Stop, stop our lives, our pathway, our walk, our talk, our speech, Lord God, so that it will be designed in the way that you have created it to be. Lord God, we ask you to remove any doubt from our heart or anything that will separate us from your love and from your peace, Lord God, so we can see your mighty hands move upon our lives. I even lift up those who are unsaved, Lord God, that they too will develop a love for you, Lord God, and know that you are almighty and you are powerful, and that you are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the one who holds all wisdom and knowledge and power in your hands, Lord God, that they will be blessed. We ask you to bless each and every one on this call, Lord God. Let them come, Lord God, with excellence expectancy, knowing that you're going to move mighty upon their lives. Father God, I even ask you if you be with my father and my mother as they travel these highways, Lord God, to bring her back to the doctor. Let all be well in Lord God, and speak healing into her body as well as to her soul and her spirit. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hello. Hello, good morning. I'm talking. Uh, you, I'm on mute. <laughs> I was asking. I said, would you uh, lift up Yvette Jenkins? I found out that she had a stroke and she's still unconscious. Yes, yes, yes. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we speak right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Let that dunamis power that I just thank you for, Lord God, move over to 
the to the body of Yvette Jenkins right now, Lord God. Father God, we ask that you would speak to our body, Lord God, and make it obey your will. Father God, we ask right now, Lord God, that you would speak to every nerve cell, every impulse, every axon, every dendrite, every muscle, every tissue. Speak to her brain, Lord God, where the stroke occurred, Lord God, that it would be healed, Lord God. We ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would just command her body to to show some, some, some form of life, Lord God, that her eyes would be open, Lord God, that her body, that her mind and her body would obey your command, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you would even speak to the doctors and the nurses, Lord God, the caregivers, Lord God, who will have to take care of Lord. Let them know that that's your child, that you created her from the dust of the earth. You formed her in her mother's womb and you brought her to this point, Lord God. And even in her spirit and her subconscious mind, Lord God, let her cry out to you, Lord God, and ask for healing, Lord God. So your word teaches us that life and death is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So we speak life right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that she will awaken, Lord God, and that she will not have any side effects from that stroke, Lord God, that she will be able to talk She'll be able to talk, walk, be able to move, Lord God, and she will be able to operate in the fashion that you have created her to do. Father God, we just know that you are that bomb in Gilead, that healing staff, the one who able to just speak a word, Lord God, and lives will be changed and that we can be healed. We are made healed whole by Jesus Christ, Lord, for, for that reason, Lord God, I will stand and I and pray and confess over her right now and over her lives that by Jesus Christ, hear my voice, Lord. Hear my voice, hear my cry, speak to her, say, live, speak to her and tell her to live. For even in, in Ecclesiastes 16 and 6, Lord God, you said you passed by Israel, you said you saw them struggling in their blood, Lord God, and that you spoke to them through the blood and you told them to live, Lord God. So we ask you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would speak to her and tell her to live, Lord God. Speak to her and tell her to live. And even those, those family members, the family members, Lord God, who's standing in the gap and who praying for her, that she will be made whole, Lord God. Let their faith be increased and, and, and know that your word is powerful and able to do that what they ask. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Is that event that used to be on the call? Oh, no, 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 no. This is actually, um, we prayed for her before because she had a stroke before, and I just found out she had another one. This is actually um, my partner Gerard's uh, sister-in-law. Well, you know, God is able. I've seen him do it to my father who had three strokes, and then they said he had a tumor in his brain, and he, his faith told him to tell the doctors to do the MRI again because that tumor wasn't there. All and right. the doctor said, we saw the tumor, and I saw it myself, my mother as well, but he said, I'm telling you, it's not there. But even when his faith told him that that tumor wasn't there, and he was uh, able to, he's able to drive uh, my mother up this road, although he walks with the limp, he's still uh, going on in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that amen. we don't oh, look no. like what we've been right. through, Lord God. Doc, I thank you, Lord uh, God, that uh, even uh, though we are facing trials and tribulations, Lord God, we're able to face this, this trial, Lord God, knowing that you are able to do it, Lord God, 
going to do Praise this for me.
I'm going to let that spirit man that knows God and trusts God and is communion and connecting with God speak right now. See, that spirit man in me said, y'all just need to begin to rejoice in your blessings. Y'all need to just give God some praise right now for what he's done, what he's doing. All those problems, all those situations. Yeah. Yes, is going on in your life. All right, all right. Yes, God, praise because He is the God of the breakthrough, of the turnaround. He is just your Amen. Amen. Yes, yes. yes. Just let the anointing. Thank you, Lord God. Do that, God. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. The Lord does my strength. Oh, my. Amen. 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 The Lord does my strength. Oh, my God. When that pressure of life comes on, but something rises up from inside of you and enables you just to smile and say, y'all don't know my God. Ha, ha, ha. When the pressures of life push down on you, God's hand is on you, and you able to say, Satan, get behind me, because see, I'm harsher. I'm walking this thing out. And God is carrying me. When you need a breakthrough, a turnaround, a healing, a deliverance, and in spite of what all the... All the bill collectors, in spite of all the negativity, somehow, some way, you make it through. Mm-mm-mm. That ain't nobody amen. but God. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. <laughs> hey. You know what, Sam? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hey. Good morning. When you when you say that, Sam, it made me um, last night. I was actually, I was praying for you because, you know, you were so, so angry and frustrated. And and I was trying to pray for you, and I was having such a hard time with exactly what to pray. And it just hit me, and instead I just started doing prayer, a prayer of gratitude and thanking him for all that you do have. And, you know, because... You know, you get so caught up in, in all of the stuff that's going on that, you Amen. know, sometimes you have to stop and think about the things that you do have and, you know, and focus on that. And so, just like you told you all to laugh yesterday, um, you hear me doing a prayer of gratitude for you, thinking about the things that you do have um, and, and being grateful for those things. So, he, he was working... Do you all and do the people around you as well? Amen. Amen. I mean, it, it comes back to what we talk about all the time, a choice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Lord, see, see you, you must look at it as a choice regardless of whatever's going on. <laughs> Again, I see when everything and everybody's pulling at you in the opposite way, because you are a child of God, you have the power of God residing in you and standing in and on his word. Mm-hmm. You have a choice. Now, I didn't say it was an easy one. 
and it's some other things that, that are walking. In other words, I'm not just trying to say you run around here just doing whatever, and then, okay, God going to work it out. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to say all that. I'm talking about when you've been seeking, walking, asking, or directing, and God's been leading you, and now you're up at a point in your life. You're up at a point in your walk where it looks like it's going to happen. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you got a choice. You either say, well, God, you, you, you know, see, you got to get to the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In other words, well, God, you led me here, and I'm hoping and I'm believing for a deliverance and a turnaround. But if it ain't going to happen, Lord, I'm going to accept that too. See, see, that's what I'm talking about, a choice. And that choice is based upon his word. That choice is based upon his word, his will, and his way for your life. But see, that's when you got to know his voice yourself. So it's a choice. See, see, see. When I, I got over, when, when I'm there, <laughs> it's a choice for me to hold my tongue. And it's hard. It's a choice for me not to speak death, and it's hard sometimes. It's a choice for me. You know what? I'm about tired of all y'all. It's a choice. And so sometimes I, I, I just began to holler and scream yesterday because I was, I was so. Just uh and uh, but in spite of all that, I'm trying. And the word that I'm saying is, I'm trying to trust God. I'm trying to hold my faith. I'm trying to stay where I'm at. But it was hard, and it's hard now. But God is still being God. He has not told me it's over. He has not told me to back down. So I gotta trust Him and press on. Well, I don't see it. I I, I don't know, Lord. But but but. Well, God, okay, Jesus, if you tell me, and it's, I'm going to take another step. See, that's the choice that I'm talking about. Mm. choice that I'm mm. talking about. It's a, it's a walk of faith when I, I'm going to believe God going to give me what I need when I need it, and I'm going to just take the steps, listen to his voice, and move. I don't see it. I don't feel it. I don't understand, and I damn sure don't like it, but God, I don't like any aspect of it, but it ain't about me. It's about him. It's about his word. So I'm going to choose to press my way through. I'm going to choose to seek him. I'm going to choose to submit. I'm going to choose to allow the process okay. necessary and needful. Yeah. 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 See, I'm going to choose all of that and allow God to <laughs> and just to get up Amen. out of the way. Amen. If I got to speak life, if I got to say, Lord, Amen. Amen. Right. Yes, walk in that. Speak it. Think it. Lisa's saying. 
and they feel that they've been caught off guard in a sense. And it, the response is, oh, okay, so this is how y'all going to do me today. And I start laughing because I know it's God working. And <clears throat> and I, I laugh at my staff meetings all the time because, you know, Erica say they crazy. I laugh. <laughs> Erica is laughing because Erica say they're crazy. But, you know, the spiritual side of me is laughing because, you know, God is working. And, and my thing is, you know, you all feel like you're having your way and you're doing things, you know, the way that you want them to, you know, be done. But you have no clue that you're just, you know, helping God work his way through this whole thing. You know, and I burst out laughing at our meeting last week, and that, that's the first thing they said. Aresia, what's so funny? I said, you all would never understand. You know, and so my laughter is the fact that, <clears throat> like you pointed out this morning, my laughter is the fact that regardless to how things may seem, even when you feel that my back is against the wall, even when I feel my back is against the wall, I know God's word and his power overcomes everything that anybody can ever say or do. Amen. And so I have to, I, you know, laughing is my way of pressing through. Yeah. Come on through. now. Come on. I, I, I do a lot of praise through Come laughter on. because I'm saying these people are really crazy because they on. have no idea you Come know, on. how God works and how powerful he is. So I just I just laugh my way through. And, you know, even Latasha, she says, you, you know, you laugh at the meetings a lot. Baby, you keep on living. That's <laughs> what I say. You just keep on living. Jesus. Because if you knew half of you, if you knew half of what I knew mm. and half of what I don't know, but what I, half of what I have faith in, child, mm. you chuckle too. You chuckle too. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, it's it's very interesting, you know, how you brought the laughter part out because, oh, I have to laugh just because. Mm, Hold on. I'm choosing to laugh. Yeah, I'm going to have to laugh because, you know, crying overcomes me more than I care for it to. How about that? Amen. Mm. Amen. <clears throat> well, I'm glad to know God is still working even when I'm sleeping. Hey, even even when God still working even when I quit. <laughs> right. <clears throat> because as you can hear, I sound a little something, and I don't know what I've been going through for the last couple of days, but my body felt awful yesterday, and I slept. I slept. And so when you called me last night, I think I was turning over and I was still asleep. Mm. I, could, I couldn't even process. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> well, God, I, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help that I know, Lord. I thank you this morning for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for your love and your kindness. I thank you for being all sovereign, almighty, and all powerful. Lord, I thank you for the fact that 
as we slept and slumbered on last night to whatever extent, Lord, that you were still God and that you were still working in your omnipotence, Lord. You continue to be omniscient, Lord, and that you continue to oversee and cover my household and the household of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I thank you for your protection that allowed each and every one of my children to raise up this morning to acknowledge you, Lord, and that they woke up in their right mind and in good health. Lord, I thank you for the fact that you continue to bless each and every one of us, Lord, that allows us to have another opportunity to fulfill the purpose that you have so placed in our spirits. I thank you, Lord, for the fact that You continue to bless us despite our shortcomings, despite our flaws, Lord. And I just thank you for the love that you had, that you sacrificed your son, and that he sacrificed his life that we may be free. Lord, I ask that you continue to cover each and every one of our households, Lord, and that we're able to continue to stand firm on your word. I thank you, God, for prayer shift and ministries as it is you know, the place that we continue to fellowship one with another, Lord, that we continue to share our heartaches and life, but continue to glorify your name, understanding and knowing that it is for our good and it is for your glory, regardless to how it may feel, Lord, regardless to how it may poke us and prod us and stretch us, even beyond the limits that we think that we can be stretched and forced. But, Lord, we thank you for allowing your power to just override, Lord, and that even when we feel that we have been stretched out of form, Lord, that you continue to be in the midst and that we continue to seek counsel from you. Lord, I thank you for prayer shifting ministries, family members, Lord. I thank you for their strength, and I thank you, Lord, that you continue to work in them. I thank you for allowing us to intercede on behalf of one another, Lord, that when one of us are weak, the other is strong, and that they continue to be built up and strengthened by your word. It's in your son's name, Jesus Christ, that we praise you and we worship you and we honor you today. Amen. Amen. Yes, 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 Well, well, well. Well, well, well. That's all I got to say. Amen.
Yeah, that's start on my list, I guess. I don't know. I have become the bag lady. Can't find nothing. Lovely child, I, I gotta go downtown to be on time for the train. Is she on time? No, because she gotta do her eyebrows. Don't ask me for some money. It's graduation night, Daddy. I need $70. <laughs> well, she, she's still focused on them eyebrows, I see. Mm. I got 27 inches of hair.
She is on the list. You need to just be get ready. Quickly, I forgot that one word makes a huge difference. Dave Rivera, Honduras, she don't go say, 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 she don't go Conwell Johnson, hundred Kevin Holden family, Wayne Bridges, Rumbo Seraka Sakara. Letitia Harbo did the Gandhi the Gandhi the Gosa Sakara. Ashley Whitney, Hundred Gandhi the 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 Kim Gavon, Hushigosisha, Tyresa, Hushu, Gosesha, 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 Gosaga, Sakara. Patricia Arnold, Hundred Gun to the Gun to the Gun to the Gosa, Sakara. Teresa Walker, Hushu, Gosesha, Gosesha, Gosaga. Speak, Hushu, Gosesha, Gosaga. Exactly. What are you doing, friend? Kristen, oh, 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 Dad, I gotta get my diva on. Gandhi the 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 Gandh
Courtney Collin, Brandon. Hushiger, Sishiger, 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 Saraka, Sakara. Nick, Brandon, Holly, and Samantha. Hushiger, Sishiger, Sishiger, Raksa, Sakara. Reggie's friend, Didi. Hushiger, Sishiger, 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 Sakara. Marissa, Demar, Samaya. Hanada, Ganada, 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 Saraka, Sakara. Sean and Steven. Hushiger, Sishiger, 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 Sakara. Faith, Justice, and Love, Muhammad. Hushiger, Sishiger, 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 Sakara. Artevia McDonald, hundred gun to the 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 gun Tamara Dickinson, shit, go, 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 go, get ready. Your thing is going off. Hey, you need to lose some weight because. All right, shout out to Hey, bye, shout out. Anyway, Tamara Dickinson, shout out to the guy, shout out to the guy, shout out to the guy. Free, hundred again, hundred again, hundred again, hundred again, hundred again. Ben's kids and grandkids. Hush it, go sit, she go sit, she go under, go sit, sakra. Brandon's kids. Hush it, go sit, she go sit, she go sit, she go sit, go sakra. And everybody else on the list. So go sit, go sit, go sit, she go sit, she go sit, she go sit, she go All right, y'all listen to a song for a minute. Yeah. 
lost your way and you're all washed out Cause it rained on your parade Seems nobody cares about you anyway Now you're living your life like a castaway Search for strength and time Was it all in vain? Cause the deeper you dig You find more and more pain Don't let your tomorrow be like yesterday Cause I'm supposed to God
Lisa Brown, Hush go fish, you go fish, you go Saka, Sakura. Wally Horton, Hundred Gunner to go to Rasa, Sakura. Thomas Lawrence, Shish go fish, you go fish, you go Radaka, Sakura. Pastor Mark, Hush go fish, you go fish, you go Sidakasa, Sakura. And myself, Hush go fish, you go fish, you go Saka, Sakura. Everybody else on the list, Hush go fish, you 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 go Sidaka, Sakura. All right, Daddy, we got to get ready to let her go to school. Morgan, put your hands on the head and pray for him real quick. Thank you. Let me go. Take care of my grandchildren. My. Harambushi did it a gambosa. Hayarakosa. Yes, Holy Spirit. Mm. Feed his spirit, man, Lord. Mm. Give his spirit what it needs, Lord. Continue to increase in his life, Father. Bless him. Hold on to him and love him, Father. Hope is according to help him, Father. Help him, Lord. Help him, Holy Spirit. Give him peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. I just want to thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Welcome to the Farley household. Okay, I guess I'm ready to go to school. So I just got to do my other list. I'll do them um, after I change phones. Getting ready to go to school.
Hello? Hello? Same phone. Oh, I was about to say, man, it's all over. Nobody told me. What's <laughs> happening, Jesus? <laughs> what? Yeah, all right. Who's on the line right now? Oh, I'm Anybody besides Pam on the line? I'm about to start a private conversation. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're here and we're just hanging out, nobody else is there? I bet you somebody hanging around on mute. All right. Well, we can go ahead and have the conversation we were going to have. Because <laughs> um, nobody's here. So, um, it's so cold in this house. Um, what I was going to say last night is um, I had gotten, you know, I was waiting for the call back from the lady at the community center. Mm-hmm. About the rental price for the building. And, okay, um, I can hear you. You sound a little muffled. Okay, wait, let me move my ear. Is that better? Say something else. Is that better? Okay, yeah. Okay, I had to move the thing on. So I had, um, when I was waiting on that call from her, she called me back, or she texted me. And the fee is uh, the fee is a hundred dollars, so it's a hundred dollars a week. And so, of course, the program runs. Two, the program is two hours a day. For no, excuse me, four hours a day, two days a week. Four. Okay. Uh, we're talking about some. I'll talk to you later, Pam. Okay. Because the gig is up. <laughs> y'all y'all funny. I just want y'all to know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to get all on the private conversation. I didn't think anybody was there, so I said we're shooting. Well, I'm always, I'm always hanging out on mute. Just because, you, you know, I might not say that, but I'm always on mute. Erica said, let me let y'all know. Just in case y'all be on some food. I'm going to let y'all talk. Let you, know. <laughs> you know, but for future for future reference, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for letting oh, There's me. always a couple of people that be on mute. Mm, okay. I just didn't want to be talking about something nobody wants to hear. That didn't have nothing to do with the prayer line. If, you know. Such is life, honey. All right. You know when when you know you know when the parents gone what you usually do. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Whatever mm. do you mean? <laughs> I'm so confused right now. Pop, look, Papa Smurf took a break. Everybody else decided to do the same thing. <laughs> I know, right? Not Papa Smurf. Stop. I can't. Right. Even. I just can't. I want to, but I just can't. I don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's the day. 
<laughs> well, since we're still here and still ain't back and nothing popping, uh, wait a minute. Whose lunch is it? Somebody didn't like their lunch. There's nothing back in the back of the refrigerator. You can go ungrateful. <laughs> oh, okay. You see how they, I bet you want nobody getting their lunch tomorrow. Uh-uh. What'd you do, give them grit? <laughs> what? Oh, hell. I, did not give I like grits. Grit. I like grits while y'all, look, while y'all making jokes. Uh-uh. That's because Lisa, every time we be on the phone, she in somebody's uh, restaurant trying to order her some grits. Mm. <laughs> so, but are these yeah. a smooth kind or are these lumpy? <laughs> I got to know. I got to know. Because I can't be messing around with no lumpy grits. I throw up in my mouth. All right, mm-hmm. I cannot do lumpy grits. Like lumpy cream of wheat, you sitting up there in the show smooth, and then you get a, ugh. But I got a yeah. weak stomach anyway, to be honest. I got a weak anything. If I see an ant carrying some food back to the hill, I'm going to vomit in my mouth. Yeah. You have to be a grit connoisseur to be able to cook them. That's for sure. Exactly. Exactly. There is an art to the grit. It is. Y'all, did you all see it's my cousin okay. Vinny? Because, oh, no, I didn't see that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. That was so funny. When you get a chance, if you ever just kicking that, oh, my God. What is oh. see, see, this is what I'm talking about. Soy sauce, a whole bottle of wasted soy sauce at the bottom of the fridge. Like underneath that the fridge. It's spilled, yeah, but it must have spilled out the bottle. So I'm looking like, what is that brown? All this brown stuff and looks like a decomposing body juice. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, mm-hmm. like decomposing body juice. <laughs> yes. You've been yes, watching too much CSI. Yeah. Well, you know, I was a criminal justice major, so. Oh. But I'm going to tell you this one fine thing. I ain't cleaning it up, my son. It will stay right there until 3.15 because I'm not cleaning it up because I didn't do it. All right, that. Y'all do too much. Those days are over with. Cleaning up, uh-uh, not when you got a half-grown, ashy man-child at home. No. Mm-mm. You going to clean out this refrigerator. I ain't cleaning up nothing. I'm pre-retired. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-mm. No, there is definitely a benefit that comes when your children are old enough to do certain things, and I don't feel bad. Nobody ever named me June Cleaver. <laughs> Just certain things, man. Certain things. That's all I have to say. They might as well learn you got to clean up your own messes. Oh yes, indeed. And let me tell you, tell you how foul I am. Marissa, Maya, the baby girl has chores, and my son has chores to do, and they know this, and they know that they don't get allowance unless their chores are done. And I told Maya, I guess she thought I was playing. I said, dude, if you do not do your chores and your brother has to do them, he gets your allowance. I think she thought I was playing. <laughs> she thought I was playing. Well, 
Maya has gotten one allowance in four months. Wow. Yep. Okay. And she's asking me, Mom, I keep, I see you give Demaris money. Where's mine? Huh? Ask him. In his <laughs> pocket, in his wallet. Because I done told you, you have to learn. And nobody's going to give you nothing for free. If you want to get paid, you got to work, period. Otherwise, you get fired. That's life. I don't want to give you the illusion that something comes for nothing, baby, because that is surely of the devil. Okay. She, she lucky. We, we didn't get an allowance. But you did have chores. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hungry. And ain't nothing. <laughs> Because I keep walking around and walking around and walking around, and there's really nothing that I want to eat. So I keep opening the refrigerator, closing it. Yeah, you remind me of Morgan. Every time we be on the phone, I'm hungry. (laughs) Man, I'm just trying to tell you guys truth. I can't. uh, mm. Because really, I want. I never used to eat, but all of a sudden, I'm eating. I'm eating. I want some French toast. Never had French toast before, like, four months ago. I never had it. Never had what? French toast. Oh, okay. Actually, I've never had it either. I tried making it one time. It was unsuccessful. (laughs) (laughs) It just didn't go go right. It just didn't go. I used the wrong kind of of bread. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah. But see, I never order it in restaurants. I mean, because I don't like butter and I don't like syrup. Um, what? I, so I never really think to, to order it in, in, um, in restaurants. You don't like syrup? Oh, nope. Nope. I only use butter wow. for fun. But I, don't, I do not like to taste of it. Ugh. Okay. Well, I'm saying the same thing because I don't... I don't eat fruit, really. The texture makes me gag. So if it's not an apple, I'm fool with it. Yeah, that's why Morgan called me Picky Pam, Picky Pam. Although she got a <laughs> lot of nerve. <laughs> you know, there is a true freedom that comes with everybody gone and you at home. That's all I'm going to say, Jesus. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave that right there. (laughs) Amen. That's all I'm going to say. That is a freedom. Amen. (laughs) Man, I'm going to tell y'all the truth. God love I am. And, you know, when nobody's home but, and you pay the bill, so you can do what you want in your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've always had that freedom. I, I would have a hard time trying to acclimate otherwise. Mm. What did you say the part one about being at home? Huh? Oh, look who's hiding in the corners now. First of all, announce yourself. Announce 
I said announce yourself. Don't be hiding out listening to our little wait, wait, girl wait. talk. I got, I got a small one in the truck, and I got two small ones on the line. I'm just trying to figure out who I'm going to handle first. Oh, I had a comment, but we, we on the prayer call. Who are you lucky? Who? What? Hmm. I'm trying to hide out listening to our girl talk on mute. Whatever. All y'all can go to that. Gotta go bus. I can't go. Gotta go. Well, you gonna be driving the bus. <laughs> y'all lucky. I got, I got a policeman behind me right now. Else, I really say some time. Now we ain't lucky. The policeman can't hear you. Good, huh? What? Well, huh? I said the policeman can't hear you. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> oh. The child was on 95th Street. They got to go to 63rd Street. So I'm not new. Uh-oh. Hey, you got a long trip, baby. Oh, have mercy, Jesus. Anyway, let me finish my list while y'all are talking about Pop-Tarts and grits. Mmm, mmm. Bless his heart. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't have no grits. I, I wish I did. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to control my spending because, you know, I'll go out and get some, uh, now that I've tasted French toast, I like it. You're trying to control your what? My spending. Okay, I'm going to trans- trans- translate that for you all. She is on a Mountain Dew fast this week. So when she says she's trying to control her spending, she's trying not to go where she's going to buy her Mountain Dew. Uh-huh. Uh, there you go. Amen. Uh-huh. That's what I like. I knew you were sharp, girl. I just wanted to translate that for y'all. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it was really easy the first couple days. But now it's like, mm-hmm. We're going to be all right. I'm scared to leave the house. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm going to sit right here because I don't, I don't want it to go south, but it's getting. Mm-hmm. You afraid it's going to call your name me. and you drive by a gas station? Yeah. It was calling me. But you know what? It's, it's, then I think about police. Now, oh, you mean that? Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't do that. Anyway, let me do my list. Y'all chit chat. I need a lot of help. I truly do. Let me let me pray for our guys. Let me pray for the walking in the realm of the supernatural. Walking in the realm of the super united discernment. How should it go say she 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 go she go say she go say she go say she go say she go Discernment, knowledge, wisdom, understanding. 
Can't think of anything. You got health, healing, restoration, long suffering, peace, discernment, knowledge, understanding, and walking around with supernatural. Uh, can you all think of anything else? Strength, ability, gifts, and talent. Grace, mercy, favor. Ha rambo ke sheke ya ra rambo she sheke ya ra bosha rambo ko rambo sheke randa ka ora yarambo se. Oh, 
Okay, anybody else? Anything else? Okay. All right, now y'all can chit-chat about y'all grits and iced tea and lemonade stuff. Hmm. We can do that privately. What? I said we could do that privately. We were just doing it because there was no activity. Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to do anything until I get back to the house. So, I mean, y'all got something oh. to talk about. I'm taking her to oh, school. Okay. I said we're taking her to the train. But we missed the train. Anyway, and you taking your test again today, y'all? Anyway, so, yeah, if you got a message or word or whatever, because I'm, you know, until I get back home, I'm not going to do anything. Okay. All right. Carry on. Yes, I'm smart. Yeah. Anybody got anything? Before I resume my conversation, <laughs> I mean, I'm just there. I'm just there. This is not like it's something that you know ain't nobody here. Well, y'all can talk about your your, your women's conference y'all got planning on. Oh yeah, we we uh well first we gonna talk about this other thing so she can start to tell her what's going on with the pricing for the program. Then we gonna get on the women's conference. All right. Um. So Daddy has given us permission. <laughs> I'm so glad I live here. No. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. What you say, Morgan? What you say? Where's Lisa? I can't hear you, baby. Oh. I sent you a text yesterday. You sent me a text? Yes. You you sure it was me? I don't really... What was it about, babe? Oh, was it? Was it? Was it private? Mm-hmm. I mean... Okay. Um, Make sure... You, look, you have your phone in your hand? Yeah. Make sure you got the right number. You got 773-220-2018. Nope, that's not it. Okay. Put my number. You know how to phone, so leave her alone. Put my correct number in your phone. I'll get it from my father. You got to put that number in your phone. One more time, Are you ready? Yes. 773-220. You ready? 220. Two zero one eight. Now what you got? Repeat that back to me. Okay. I'm like Eric is like my father. Did Did you get the number? Repeat that. Mannerly time. Repeat back to me the number you have. Mm-hmm. Repeat back to me the number I just gave you to make sure you got it right. 
Can you hear me? I don't think she's listening. Pam, text me um, Morgan's number so I can send her mine. Okay. Because I didn't, I don't believe I got a text. I see it. It's quite possible, but I just want to make sure she has the right number. Wow, really, Lord? Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. What's wrong with you? Oh, wow. What you wowing about? Something just happened because, you know, I've been I've been agonizing over this, this deal. I got this on-again, off-again deal. Mm-hmm. And um, the Lord spoke in my spirit earlier when we were praying or deep. He said, today you'll get, you know, you'll get your hands, you'll get what you need. And um, and I just ran across somebody, and we were talking about another situation. But it dawned on me, so let me call him about what I'm dealing with. And it just dawned on me right now, said, the Lord said, today I will get what I need. I said, wow. Mm. That's why I'm going, wow, just, like I said, this deal being like a bad relationship, on again, off again, on again, off again. Yeah, I've been cranking on again and off again. I'm about to say, horrible analogy, but anyway. I need $70. I need $70. I need it by yesterday because my world's going to fall apart if I don't get it, Daddy. You know it's my senior year, Daddy. I've got to have this money, Daddy. Ah, give me $70, Daddy. Ah, I need it for grad night. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's And they can't get mad at me. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, that exactly. Oh, what time is it? You on time for school, child? You got seven minutes. You need to run. Run like the wind. That's not going to happen. <laughs> well, you put a taco in front of her, she might. <laughs> not a taco, a torta. A torta, my bad. Torta. Oh, daddy, torta. Oh, Chipotle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Father God, I don't you to go say yes, 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 Lord. We praise your name. We glorify you. We glorify you, Father. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Father. Amen. <laughs> you know what? The line this morning is very interesting. 
It's like, woo, What did you say, woman? I said the line this morning has a very interesting feel so far. Mm, and what is that, my dear? I don't know. It's just, it's just like, turn up. It's just turned up today, like, woo, turn up. <laughs> you know how some days is really like, you know, kind of mellow and calm today. It's like, woo, woo, Yeah. Fresh shift the ministry. You never know which direction. It'll turn on, it'll turn on a dime, too. God said, you know what, I'm going to do this, and we just, <laughs> which is a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah, nothing wrong with it. What do what you mean with it, I do? Wow. See, 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 see. I sound like fam. See, 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 see. Goodbye, child. Oh, uh, now she pauses and puts her hand out. Hey, daddy, you know how are you, daddy? <laughs> uh, what up? Good, I've been getting on your now. Probably that lip is turning up. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to... And I give you $20 at the beginning of the week. What are you talking about? Turn up. 
In other words, what you talking about, Willis? Mm-hmm. Hey, my truck is drivable and it's not leaking fluid. <laughs> I have to water it every morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, okay. Not the van was doing for the longest. It was leaking. It destroyed the whole driveway. You go off? Freaking, um, that's what my man was doing. It, just, it destroyed the whole driveway. Like, we had to redo the driveway. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think it was, well, the man told me that it was sabotage. He said, somebody did this. So it might be like the place I took it. I had a coupon for a free oil change. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, after they did the oil change for free, the next day, it didn't have any problems with nothing. The next day, it's stuff leaking everywhere. And I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> they said, yeah, we can you be all changed, but we gonna, you're going to come back and spend about $700. <laughs> the man said, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I know when something's been tampered with. I said, okay, God, whatever. I guess everybody's trying to get their hustle on. Uh, Unnecessary money spent. Foolishness. Yeah, he took out my water pump and he showed it to me. He said, man, I don't know. He was asking me how bad it was. I heard that because he showed me where it was actually burnt on the inside. He said, man, I'm, I don't even know how you was making it. I said, crazy mm-hmm. look. <laughs> a wing and a prayer. Okay. okay. Praise the Lord. He take care of babies and fools. Well, I'm a little too old to be a baby. Mm. Mm-hmm. Father God, I just praise you for the Dagosa around the Dagosa. You know what? When I was talking earlier, when we was talking and praising earlier, and, and then Pam was talking about me being frustrated, you know, it's it's hard to hear from God when you're in that state. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I'm going to just talk about how I'm feeling right now. You know, I, 
I can say it's on again, off again, on again, off again, this scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Lord, you know, I'm 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 ready to walk away, but then something will happen. And then, okay, Lord, then I'm ready to walk away if something happened. You know, and it's like I'm trying to mm-hmm. hear God if it's going to happen, Lord, how, when, where, and why, you know. So in order for me to hear from God, then I have to be in a certain place. Because God will speak to us, but if there's too much noise going on, we can't hear him. Right. You know, and so that that necessitates a lot of times about, okay, we're coming to our environment, and our environment, oh, Jesus, wow. I'm going to say this, which is powerful if you receive what I'm about to say. Our environment needs not to be that which happens on the outside of us. Our environment needs to be that which happens on the inside of us. We can control that. We have more power over what's going on on the inside of us than we do on what happens on the outside. Mm-hmm. Hey. Now, if you understand what I just said, that means, yes, your mind might come throw crazy thoughts at you. Yes, your emotions might do this, that, the other. Well, if we come back to what we talked about before, a choice is to come back to having a spiritual principle. I can tap into Christ, and it will change me. It, it will give me the truth or whatever I need by tapping into him. Imagination, 
if we choose to tap into the power of God and let our spirit override our emotions and all of that, then we can change our environment inside of us. So in the sense of our environment, mm-hmm. I'm talking about that which is actually inside of us. Because that's why you can that's why you can have peace in the tumultuous situation because your peace is actually within and not outside. Okay. You know what what you were saying about the on again, off again and the on again, off again thing. And it and that that does see that's where hope that's what what uh the enemy does to rob you of your hope. You know what I'm saying? Like just when you think that everything is going to work out, falls apart as the last minute. Okay, so maybe if that happens one time, you're disappointed. You know, you're like, oh, okay, but that's all right. We'll try the next one. But when it happens over and over and over and over and over again, over time, it makes it starts to make you feel hopeless because if, if history shows that, you know, everything, because you're talking about classical conditioning now, you know, if if Every single time this happens, then this happens, you begin to associate. So if every single time you think that, you know, you that the situation is going to work out and it doesn't and it falls through or it fails or whatever words you want to use, then you begin to associate hope with failure. And see, that's what the enemy does. We have to be aware of the subconscious stuff that he does, you know, of the little things, the subtle things that he does to slowly try to kill our spirits to the point where we don't even want to try anymore, to the point that we become so negative that, like you said, Sam, you begin to get interference and white noise when it comes to hearing the Holy Spirit because, you know, you heard up. Your spirit is so vexed and hurt and shut down to where you're not open the way you need to be. And so we have to be mindful of the little things that he does, the little programming that he tries to do to destroy us and cause separation. Everything that he does is not always, you know, this big, giant, you know, I came home and somebody broke in the house and stole all my stuff or, you know, so-and-so got sick. You know, everything is not a grand performance like that. He really gets us. The way he really, really does it is through the small things, the subtle things repeatedly over time. So that's, you know, really what we have to be careful of and watch out for because we don't even realize he's very smart. We don't realize what he's doing because he's so undercover with his stuff, you know. That's also why you have to remember to be grateful for the for the little things also. Because so much mm-hmm. so often, you know, like we focus on, you know, like on the big stuff and we think about what we don't have that you have to, to take the time to acknowledge what you do have. And just like you were saying, you know, that he gets you with the little stuff, um, you have to counteract with the little stuff as well. Right. Agreed. 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 Yes. Yes. I like that. Ooh, I'm going to have to put that on Facebook. <laughs> that was pretty good. He gets you with the little stuff, so you got to counter with the little stuff. You know what? You made me think about, okay, and all the negative stuff and the things that go on, but if we choose to focus on the little things and thank God and give him the grace, because God is greater than Satan, a little bit of God will outweigh a whole negative, a whole onslaught of Satan. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
That's the truth. That's you know, and, and that scripture. I mean, look at Gideon. He used three hundred men to do to kill a million. You know, mm-hmm. it, and it's always been what God has always been a remnant, a small amount of people. And, and as you were speaking about that, it made me think about that. Then that's the importance of saying, God, okay, it's like, okay, like my dad. I was so thankful that he walked down the stairs for the first time. That made me press on that day. Y'all just don't know. I was like, you know, the hell with all this stuff. And he just, <clears throat> and he started going down. I was like, oh, my God. You know, and, and, and then I looked at that little thing and give God the glory, and that little bit. Well, because it's a guy, because it's a little bit of God, it makes mm-hmm. such a huge difference. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the truth is all I keep trying to tell that I was talking to last night. I uh, met with some potential clients. Well, they're clients now, but they were potential clients at the time. And um, the the son and the daughter, it was a fit, you know, the son is going into, well, this is the end of his sophomore year, and this is the end of the daughter's freshman year, and they're both failing, everything, everything. And I don't know how the sons are playing football grades like that. They've probably just been passing them, which we already know how that's going to end up if, you know, if they keep doing him like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it just was, but you could, they're good kids. Like, you can tell that they're good kids. But, you know, mom and dad got divorced. Mom, you know, found her life again when she was 40, abandoned the daughter um, when she was five, gave her off to somebody, you know, crazy stuff. So the baby is hurting. That's the problem. You know, now mm-hmm. we're, we're back to to hierarchy of needs. We're back to, you know, Maslow now. She don't give a dog on about no grades when she's in that much pain, you know, stuff like that. So the reason I brought that up in association with this is um, talking about how the mind, you know, everything happens in the mind and in your spirit, you know, and inward, like you said, Sam. So when I was meeting with them, I met with the parent and I was talking to the parent, but then I said, you know what, Dad, I have to, I really need to talk to them now because you can want it for them, I can want it for them, but if in their spirits and their minds they don't want it for themselves, they're not going to make it. They don't care. Mm-hmm. I can sit here with them all day, all night. I can have, you know, the best plants and sliced bread, banana nut bread. It doesn't matter. If they are not motivated, if they have, what didn't we just talk about motivation the other day? If they yep. are not motivated, if they do not have a reason or a cause to do this thing, then you're going to waste $500 and it ain't going to happen. Because they have to want it. You can want it for them, but they have to do the work. They have to make their minds and their spirits learn how to make it override all this other mess that's going on in their lives so that they see why the value in what they're doing is greater than their pain, greater than what they're going through. And that's what we have to do. It's like we go through stuff, you know, and it's just, oof. It just seemed like just some foul, just crazy stuff, you know, and it seems like it's never ending. Day after day, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, you know. But even with all of that, we have to be able to override in our minds and our spirits, and we have to do cost-benefit analysis. That's really what it is. You know, we have to find the value in 
maintaining positivity and peace in our spirits at all costs as opposed to all this ruckus that's going on. You know, because there are people who I've met, like a, a, most of my adult life has really been around people from other places, you know, not even really um, um, people born here, but a lot of continental Africans, a lot of um, people born in the Caribbean, you know, places they're coming from, just conditions we wouldn't survive in for a day. But they so doggone happy all the time. You know, even they, they are, they, they're happy and they're peaceful. Like they ain't got a pop opinion. That they're peaceful. You know, they have, I mean, man, wow. Because when I thought about some of the stuff that I was complaining about, I don't, I need more money because I don't want to have to worry about how to pay my $1,300 rent and how am I going to, and these jokers live in a, a hut that they made from a stick. But I'm complaining about the fact that I don't have money left over after $1,300 in rent. And all my bills, talking about I'm broke. All my bills paid. I ain't broke because I don't have money to pay bills. I'm broke because I done paid my bills. And I'm complaining that I don't have excess and overflow to do whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm complaining. Really? Really? So I've had... I'm sorry, It's about circumstances. And, you know... You ever hear people that say, you know, like when they were growing up, they didn't know that they were poor? Right. Mm-hmm. 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 So they were happy. They were, you know, they got up in the morning, they, you know, they put their little clothes on, they had breakfast. You know, it might have been a meager breakfast, but they had breakfast. They didn't, you know, they didn't know anything to compare it to, so it was breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then they went outside and they played all day. You know, and and that was a good childhood. You know, they came home, they had dinner. You know, it could have been beans and cornbread, but they had dinner. Um, you right. know, they took bath, they they said their prayers, they went to bed. You know, that that's what they knew, and and for the most part, that's what you know, like what their friends and stuff knew. They didn't know any different until they until they got older. So as far as they were concerned, they had a happy childhood. They had a wonderful childhood. It wasn't until they got older that they realized. You know that um, you know there were times that the lights almost got cut off, or you know um, that time when when it was like really cold and everybody was huddled up in the same bed. It was because the gas mm. wasn't on, but they didn't know that. His mom probably made it seem like it was an adventure, you know. Right. Um, so they, you know, they didn't they didn't know different. So mm-hmm. they didn't, um, you know. So it never dawned on them that wow, we're poor. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they didn't realize that until they, they got older, but they were poor in finances. They weren't poor in spirit. They right. weren't poor, they weren't poor right. in love. Right. Right. Hmm. You know, okay. and in people's circumstances, are, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, like last night or this morning, one or the other, you know, how um, everything, you know, everything is relative to, to you and and what's going on in in your world, you know, right. and that we, and yeah. that we shouldn't come we shouldn't compare, you know, because right. you know you could have one person to be like, oh man, I stubbed my toe, ooh, it hurt, and then you know someone else can be like, well, I broke my toe, and someone <laughs> else can say, well, my toe got amputated. Someone mm-hmm. else can say, well, shoot, y'all talk about a toe, I lost my foot. Right. Someone else can say, you know, I lost my leg. You know, mm-hmm. and you can have somebody Uh-oh. to say, well, you know, so-and-so, you know, woke up dead this morning. 
You know, right. so it's you know it's relative to you. It's it's not a it's not a comparison over who whose is the worst or or whose is right. the the best because when you're in the midst of it, it's the worst to you. That's true. You know, and so true enough. Other people may look at me like that's all you going through. Please, you know, come on over to my side. But the thing mm-hmm. is, you know, you can't compare because. What led up to your situation and what led up to their situation was different. Your situations are different. How you're viewing it and taking care of it or dealing with it is different, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we try to compare, but there really is no comparison. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, when you were speaking, you know, it made me think about what we were talking about yesterday when you bear fruit in my in my season. In other words, my season, and getting back to what Lisa said, well, until you get to a point where you know what your purpose is and you begin to walk in it, then you're really not going to be able to bear proper fruit. You know, so a lot of our trials and tribulations are there to get us to a point so that we can begin to see and understand our purpose with and in God, not our purpose of what we think and how we think, but what God ordained and created, created us to do. So he needs to get you to a point of understanding. And if at that point, then you, then the fruit is just a, 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 it's not a problem. But, see, we're trying to bear fruit, and we're not where we need to be. We're not at a point to bear yet. Just like I know when Mark got on, he started breaking down the olive tree. He was like, in all honesty, an olive tree is not even at a point to even begin to bear fruit until at least six years after this planet. You know, and and so, you know, a lot of our struggles is, is us, a guy trying to get our attention, get us to a point, and then, to, you know, say so you need him. That's not who you thought you were. This is who I created you to be. And then now now we golly got that mess. Now you can go out here and start doing something because, see, at that point, we're doing something for his kingdom and not for us. You talking about preparation and weeding out. You know, when I walked out the house, I'm looking at my mom and my dad's garden, and it's like weeds everywhere. Well, before they get ready to plant any flowers or whatever, they got to get all those weeds out of the way. In order, and then even once they do plant, they keep weeding it to keep to maintain it, and so that's exactly what God does with us. Because we we got so much fifth ground fluff inside of us, you know. What, what was your three E's, Lisa? The environment and something. But we we got a lot of crap inside of us, you know. Hurt, pain, just whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and God needs to get us get all of that out of us. And he said, Nah, now nah, you ready, son? Now you're ready to go ahead and do something for me. You know, this morning, T.D. Jakes was talking about, um, he mentioned that when he was speaking this morning about how he went seven years, six or seven years, when no one asked him to preach, period. No one called him, no one did anything. He said for six or seven years. And so now he's in a position in his life where people call him and he has to turn them down. Mm. 
Well, because of all the things God has him doing. Mm. So in those six and seven years, you're talking about a preparation and a weeding out period so that he'll be able to do what he's doing now. And he even mentioned during that, that time frame how he even began to question because he was not uh, receiving any calls. He began to question if this is the path that God truly sent him on. So he had doubt. Those were his, those were those other weeds that continued to grow as he was pulling. Those are the other weeds that happened to show up in his life during that six to seven year course. Well, God, God, are you sure this what you had? This is, you know, the path I should be on. And, and, and do, do those times that God brings you to walk more in his word than in your emotions and your feelings and your situations and your circumstances. If you see you in those dry desert times, okay, like this morning, Lisa said, all the, the spirit was all over the place. It was powerful. But what about when it's not? <laughs> you know, and, and that's what God trains you. And so he's going to take you to those areas, those desert places, those lonely places, those hurting places. And it teaches and trains you to seek again, and to know his voice. To know, I mean, because you've got to know his voice above all other voices. Because you're going to hear them all. Jesus Christ in Nazareth, you're going to hear them all. And then once you hear and know what's then the trust is, in spite of, see, come on now, see, mm, in spite of, of all that has happened and going on, Lord, you want me to step out here again? Really? <sighs> so, yeah, that, that's that preparation and that weeding and that. It's, it's a lot. There's so much involved in that that people just take for granted or don't understand. Right. And, you know, that's when that, that laughing and pressing and praising your way through show up, too. Because mm. it's mm. like, you mm. can't tell me after all this mm. foolishness that I'm looking at mm. and I'm mm. in the middle of mm. that you have to either laugh or cry. Ooh, come on, well, now. Well, because you feel good. You do both of them at the same time sometimes. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, right. And that's true. Because that can happen. I've Ooh. done it plenty of times. Okay. Mm. Mm. And wait a minute. And then, and then and you look at yourself after it's all over, and you really know, and I'm about to get up and do this foolishness again, God, you got to be great. Right. 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 And that's when you, you know, that's when people look at you strangely. Oh, all the hell that. <laughs> right. All the hell. Just look, just look at her life. Look at it. All this mm. that she's going through or he's going through, Man. and he has or she has the audacity to laugh. Yeah, come on now. Come on now. Because come on. I don't see anything funny about what they're going come through. Come on. But see, you're looking at my laughter as humor. 
I'm looking Ooh. at my laughter as a, as a praise. Mm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm also looking at my, as I'm doing it. I'm recognizing that my laughter is also medicine. Right. And while you're talking, I'm praying that my laughter is contagious. <laughs> oh, come on now. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Wow. 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 Mm. Wow. Right. Mm. And why you and why you sitting there criticizing and hating? I'm still using you as a step stool, and I'm laughing my way on. That's right. Yes. Mm. And and it's like as you do this, then you and all that is like. You you start really looking at you see things happening and manifesting you're like God's word really is true. You come in here, you know, and, and it's like wow, you know. I mean, I'm gonna speak for my dog. Andre. Oh well, yeah. that time was probably at work. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, I'll do that. All right. Hello? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting process. It's an interesting process. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Well, I'm back home. Send out a text message, change phones, and we can do the reading. Y'all can laugh. <laughs> Got you in your in your. You know, it's really interesting. I just thought about um, something you all just said that um. I remember, you know, hearing people just, you know, you hear conversations and people call it fake. Like, you know, when you're going through a lot but you still smile or you're going through a lot or what they perceive to be a lot, probably more than they can handle, but you still have a positive spirit or you still, you know, going out and hanging out or, you know, just living your life. Um, I've heard people, look at that fake. It's just fake. And, you know, and it just hit me like, no, you just don't have to let your circumstances take total control of your life. You know, why does somebody have to be fake? So I just, with regards to what Erica just said, um, you know, that's just an interesting experience uh, hearing that. But just because you still laugh in the midst of or you still keep a positive attitude in the midst of or you don't let it just consume your whole life and change your entire demeanor and just destroy you from the inside out. I'm like, why does it have to be fake? It's just weird to me. That's because they're judging people by their standards. Mm. So, you know, you don't act the way that they think you should act in a certain situation. And so, therefore, they have to classify it. Oh, okay. You know, it's just like, you know, like when when someone dies, you know, people grieve differently. And Mm -hmm. so... You know, so say you lose someone close to you, 
Okay, I'm not mm-hmm. a big crier in public. Okay, so mm-hmm. if someone knows that you know someone close to me has you know has passed, but yet they see me you know talking to someone and you know and I might be laughing, joking or whatever, and they're like, but wait a minute. I thought she just lost, you know, so and so. You know, was she was she lying about that, or you know, was she not close mm-hmm. to that person? Is you know, if she wants people to believe, how come she, you know, laughing or whatever the case may be? Just you know, mm-hmm. they expect you to, um, you know, to be falling down. I can't function. You know, crying. You know, crying up a storm. So my eyes are swollen, or whatever the case may be. Everybody doesn't do that. Not in public. You know. Right. Now, you know, when that person is behind closed doors. You know, they may be a total mess, mm-hmm. okay? But when they come out in public, they choose to, you know, to be different. Why should everybody else have to, you know, be be sad because because they are? Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, people, you know, they, they, they judge you by, by their standards, how they think you should be or how you should act or, you know, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Right. You're right. You're right. You are exactly right. And we've probably all been guilty of it at one time or another. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, because I know, I've, I know I've had to catch myself. You know the the great thing about this program. What's that? Is that I get to target who I want. Unlike a classroom where you just got to take whatever you're given mm, or something okay. like this, you, you get to weed out, you know, the parents with the funky attitudes or who complain all the time and make you not want to have nothing to do with their kids because they might try to do something, like get you in trouble. You know what I mean? That's the beautiful mm. thing about something like this. Amen, Jesus. 
I'm sitting here looking at these classes because I, I'm so I have we have a directory of all the parents phone numbers in the whole school. All the students, all the parents' addresses of phone numbers. Okay. So, hello, marketing. I don't have to go through the school. I'm sending something to your house. <laughs> Amen. Okay. And I will call. I got people I will call. I'm calling today. Yes. You remember me. Don't get it twisted. It's your girl, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need you to get little little Johnny, little Shaquita on over to the program. I know y'all okay. not doing nothing. I know you're not because you you never have in the past four years. Now, is your program just for minority students, or you, or is it open for everyone? It's open for everybody. But, okay. You know, low key because of what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm targeting. You know, I okay. really would. I, I want it to be mostly us because we need it. But it's right. definitely open to everybody. But there's, but to be honest with you, there's certain ones. I mean, there's certain kids I would love to have in it, but I don't want to deal with their parents. You know, I, I okay. don't, I don't want to deal with their parents because the parents don't act right. <laughs> Understand and that? They really don't. They don't. They don't act right. And I really, you know, because I can. Um, restricted to how many students I can have at this point because I don't know how much help I'm going to have. Okay. Um, because I'm restricted to that. I, you know, there's particular ones. Like, the point of this is to keep our babies off the street, to give them hope, to teach them skills they need. You know, the other already have what they need. They're already getting that. But it's our low-income kids who don't get it. So that's, you know, but um, they need a mix because it's going to be a mix of all kinds of people in the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to find the, the balance so that everybody, you know, this this is very strategic. Are you charging for this program? Absolutely. That's what I'm going to talk to you about offline. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because she sent me the pricing information. Felicia and I talked about it a little bit last night, but I'm still going to one by you what we talked about, something while we're getting several opinions. Okay. You know, accountant. <laughs> That's why I was, I was texting you because I, I, I would like to get, you know, the opinion also of someone who, uh, who deals with numbers and money. Yeah, I was so knocked out last night. And I hadn't intended I had to tend to sleep that on. There was actually a program I wanted to watch at 9 o'clock. Please. Mm-hmm. Didn't go right. I understand. Totally get it. And I ain't, even wake, I ain't wake up till 1130. Oh, wow. 
man, I'm telling you, boy, if I could, man, one day I'm going to be able to just live my life like that, love my babies, and I'm going to put my time in, but I'm just saying, one day I'll be able to eat all that and don't have to eat, don't have to cook, because if it were just me, I wouldn't eat half as much as I do. I don't really eat a lot. I would not eat because I, I wouldn't be cooking. I wouldn't be doing nothing. But see, I don't have, I don't have well, see, I like to cook, so I cook even for me because I get that all the time. People be like, shoot, if I lived alone, I wouldn't cook at all. Mm-mm. I'm too picky not to cook. Mm. Pick your pan. Mm-hmm. That's what Morgan calls me. Pick your pan, pick your pan, pick your pan. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is what it is. Absolutely. I need to go through my pictures and find my old Class, class pictures with me and all my students, so I can remember who who was in there, so I can get the information. How long do emails typically keep for years, right? Because I think I still have some from 2013 when I first started. Um, when I, I got started, some, I'm um, older than that. Oh, okay. So I should still, okay. And because I, I um, email, you know, my students' parents, so, you know, I have so much contact with them, I know half of them are still in my email. I know it. Yeah, we're about to do guerrilla marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so serious because being, in, you know, just subbing and stuff, I really... You know, it would have to be, it would have to be a really special place for me to want to go back into the matrix. I really don't want to go back into the classroom. I feel so free right now. Mm -hmm. I feel so free. I mean, I can't, I wish I could explain to you how free I feel. I really do. Oh, I understand. Man. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and I, was, I mean, you better take advantage of your freedom and maximize it because when you ain't got no income coming in, you are gonna feel confined. So you better move like a quick. Yeah, and you're right because I've been there too. I've been on both sides, and you're absolutely right because you know that's what I was telling um a good friend of mine yesterday. I said, you know, now part of the reason why I probably feel so free is because I feel, you know, I know that. The rent is already paid for this month, and the rent's going to be paid for next month, and the rent's going to be paid for the month after that, but the month after that, you know what I'm saying? So that's why, you know, I'm doing so much to try to, to try now to get myself in order. You know, anything that I'm going to ultimately end up having to go back in, which, ugh, anyway, um, or, you know, if I'm going to just 
go full throttle with what I have to offer educationally. Either way, you know, the whole month of May is really dedicated to just hitting it with everything I've got. Or I've got, you know, either way, either way. And I already told, I have to talk with my children. I have to talk with Rissy because Rissy's coming home Sunday. And, uh, you know, I just told them, I said, I'm going to be working a lot. Like, it's, I'm probably going to be working myself to the bone for the next two months to just prepare because that thing that happened with the school, it just really, it shook me up. It just really reminded me. I can't say taught me because it already knew that you can have a job one day and not have one the next, mm-hmm. which is why, you know, before I lived my life a certain way. But you know what happens is when you go and you get back into the matrix like that, you get complacent. Like you you get way too comfortable and you start to forget. You get the, ah, I know I got a check coming every two months. You know, my insurance is paid for coming out of my check and, my retirement, you know, you just go to work and you just do what you do and da 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 And you forget that you could wake up one day anytime they decide for whatever reason and it's all over. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the things, one of the reasons why I believe that this happened is because it shook me up because the, also what happens when you're working for somebody else is that your talents, you might get thrown a bone here or there. You know, you might, um, you know, get a pat on the back and everybody comes together and give you a clap and do the fake clapping and the fake, and the fake yay because it's all fake, you know, except for your couple of girls who are really happy for you. But really your talents are never going to be utilized the way that they should be and could be for full capacity until you do for self. Because as long as you're working for somebody else, you're going to have to do what they say. You're going to have to march to the beat of their drum, and they're going to use your talents in a way that, yeah, you get thrown a couple of bones, but they're never going to let your talents overshadow them. So if it means that they have to minimize you, that's what they're going to do. If they have to box you in, that's what they'll do because the powers that be will never allow your talents to overshadow. It's very few people. Very, you, you have to be a special person to allow that in any organization because, you know, it's the fear that somebody's going to take my job or somebody's going to be bigger than me, somebody's going to take center stage, you know, that type of stuff. So honestly, just I will never, the truth is, the real truth is, I will never be able to walk in the fullness of my destiny working at nobody's school. That not that the state of Illinois is paying for, because mm-hmm. everybody's under siege. Everybody's under siege. So that's why I realized, even looking at you know family members and stuff, one thing about that that I realized that's the truth is that you really do, like you said earlier, choices. Um, you said that earlier about choice. Now you said it. I mean, it was about something else that you mentioned, Sam, about choices. But everything is about choices, so it's still applicable that. We have to really and truly figure out what do we want. What do we want? What are we trying to do here? You know, being clear about what God wants us to do. 
Like, what, 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 what is this? Otherwise, every day, and Pam, you always laugh when I say this, but it's the truth. Every day, otherwise, we're waking up like an accident. Every day. <laughs> every day, it's like, oh, I'm up. Let me see. I'm a little stumble around in the dark. Let me, oh, I think I'll do this. Oh, okay. I made a list, so let me do that. Or let me. But if we are not clear on what it is that we are really doing, then we just wasting dang on time. It's like we just spending time every day. And that's that's the stuff that people don't want to talk about because it's easier to do that. It takes work, focus, concentration, discipline to walk in a purpose, but it doesn't take anything just to exist. And that's the choice that I'm making right now um, that I'm in the midst of really, really, really making. You know, am I going to push and walk in this destiny that I know I'm supposed to, even if it means that a little bit of my comfort or a lot of it of my comfort is taken away? What am I going to choose? Am I going to choose what's certain or what I think is certain? Or am I going to choose to walk in my destiny, which is scary? All right. All right. I mean, go ahead. No, so thank you for entertaining, for entertaining my monologue. <laughs> All right, uh, well, Russell Simmons. No, who used to say that? Look, look, thank you for the block party tonight. For the what? You know, at the end of Death Comedy Jam, he would always come out and say, we really, we really had a real good time. Thank <laughs> you for the block party tonight. It would be real limited. In other words, I got paid. I don't have to say nothing. I, I know that's right. That's all. I know that's right, Shoot. Thank you for coming out to my show. Okay. My is in the mail. God bless y'all. <laughs> right, right, right. Party, good night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I ain't mad at them brother neither. Hey, okay. Good morning. What's up, Nene? Hey, what's up, baby? Everything is everything, sister girl. How are things with you? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a great day. Oh, of course it is. Uh-oh. Absolutely. Okay, what time is this? 9.49. All right, reading. <laughs> Go she go say she go say she go say she go run to the gondel gasa she go say she go to the coraca or brand to go say she go say she go say she go say she run to the cosa or umbrocosi the cassandra and the cosa she go run to cosaca had a canda or umbrana go say she go say she go say she and run to coseke at a comba or umbrana go say she go say she go thank you holy spirit yada the comba caraca higher on both it did a candida 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 go saraca yada comba Father God, we continue just to seek your word. We seek your covering. We seek your anointing, Lord. 
Help us to rise up and do the work you've called us to do. We are your chosen people, Father. That means you chose us. Mm, mm, mm. Truthfully, Lord, we responded to the call. That's what it is, Lord. You send out. A, you know. You want no one to go into eternal damnation, Father. We responded to the call. So think, thank you, Jesus, for calling out our name and helping us to hear you and to seek your for the your presence. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. A contrite spirit. Jehovah is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. Mm. And save as such as our contrite spirit. Psalms 34 and 18. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and humble spirit. Isaiah 57, 15. Okay, so you know, one of y'all need to get on Google and look up contrite. So we, so we have a clear understanding of what he's talking about. God's people often erroneously think that they need a contrite spirit only at the time they repent and believe in the Lord or whenever they subsequently fall into sin. We should know, however, that God wishes us to keep our spirit in a state of contrition at all times. Although we do not daily sin, we are nonetheless required by him to be of humble spirit constantly because our flesh still exists and may be stirred up at any moment. <laughs> you got that one right. Mm. Such contrition precludes our losing watchfulness. We ought never sin, yet we always should have sorrow for sin. The presence of God is felt in such a spirit. God takes no pleasure in our repenting over and over again as though this was sufficient. Rather does he wish us to live in a perpetual contrition. Only a spirit of this kind can equip us to detect and mourn immediately all disharmony with the Holy Spirit present in our conduct and deeds. It also helps us to acknowledge our faults when told of them. The penitent spirit is very necessary, for despite the fact a person has been joined to the Lord to be one spirit, he is not forever afterwards infallible. A spirit can err, Isaiah 22 and 24. Even if it has not erred, the mind can be so confused as to paralyze it from executing the thought of the spirit. A contrite inner life helps one to confess instantly and not to hide those little points others have noticed in him as being unlike the Lord. God saves those who possess a contrite spirit. Others he cannot save, for it requires contrition to know his mind. People who cover their faults and excuse themselves do not have a repentant spirit. Hence, God cannot save them to the uttermost. How we need a spirit susceptible to the correction both of the Holy Spirit and of man, a spirit willing to concede to having lived below par. And then we should daily experience the salvation of the Lord. Mm. A broken spirit. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> the sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. Mm. 51 to 17. A broken spirit is one which trembles before God. Some Christians do not sense any uneasiness in their inner man after they have sinned. A healthy spirit will be broken before God, as was David's upon having one sin. It is not difficult to, to restore to God those who have a broken spirit. Mm. An afflicted spirit. But to this man will I look to the afflicted and contrite spirit, and who trembleth at my word, Isaiah 66 and 2. The spirit with which God is delighted is an afflicted one because it reverences him and trembles at his word. 
Our spirit must be kept in continual reverential fear of the Lord. All self-reliance and self-conceit must be shattered. The word of God must be accepted as the sole guide. The believer must possess within him a holy fear. He must have absolutely no confidence in himself. He must be as one whose spirit is so stricken that he dare not rise his head but humbly follow the command of God. A hard and haughty spirit always impedes the way of obedience. But when the, way, but when the cross is working deeply, a believer comes to know himself. He realizes how undependable are his ideas, feelings. <laughs> Lord, 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 Lord. Mm. Yeah, okay, we're going to see how much we're going to read this today. Yes, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hence, he dare not trust himself, but trembles in all matters, acknowledging that except he be sustained by the power of God, he shall unquestionably fail. <laughs> we must never be independent of God. The moment our spirit ceases to tremble before him, at that precise moment, it declares independence from him. Except we sense our helplessness, we shall never trust in God. A spirit which trembles before him shields one from defeat and helps him to truly apprehend God. A lowly wow. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Let me read that again. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud, Proverbs 16 and 19. He who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor, Proverbs 29 and 23. And also with him who is a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble, Isaiah 57 and 15. Lowliness is not a looking down on oneself. Rather, it is not looking at oneself at all. Mm. As soon as a believer's spirit becomes haughty, he is liable to fall. Humility is not only Godward, but is manward as well. A lowly spirit is demonstrated when one associates with the poor. It is this spirit alone which does not despise any who are created by God. God's presence and glory is manifested in the life of the spiritually humble. A lowly person is a teachable person. Oh. Mm. A, yes. a lowly person is a teachable person. Easily entreated and open to explanation. Many of our spirits are too arrogant. They can teach others but can never themselves be taught. Mm. Many possess a stubborn spirit. They stick to their opinions even if they realize they are wrong. Many are too hard in spirit to listen to an explanation for a misunderstanding. Wow. Only the humble have the capacity to bear and forbear. God needs a lonely man to express his virtue. How can a proud man hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and then cooperate with God? No trace of pride should be found in our spirit. Tenderness, delicacy, flexibility, these should be the norm. A tiny bit of harshness in the inner man may hinder fellowship with the Lord, for this certainly is most unlike him. To walk with the Lord, the spirit must be lowly, forever waiting on him, and offering no resistance to him. I'm going to stop right there because, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> 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 
First of all, mm-hmm. <laughs> who looked up contrite spirit? But we can get back into this again. I did. Look. Mm-hmm. Okay, contrite, feeling or expression, remorse or penitence, affected by guilt. Look, everybody, it got quiet. <laughs> I never heard this line, this line, except if, if somebody, everybody was on mute. Mm. The Jehovah's that are are a broken heart, save as such as a contrite spirit, Psalms 34 and 18. You know, when I first read that, and the word of God says he came to save the brokenhearted. You realize how powerful that is? Your heart is broken. You are in such a state of despair, hurt, pain, and it says Jehovah is naughty. That means he's close to you then. Mm. 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 Oh my God! You know what? Can I? May I? Go ahead. Hey, listen to me. This is this is what I didn't learn about humility, being contrite. I didn't learn about any of that until the last year or two. Mm. And I'm 43. And and let me and I couldn't figure. It out. Um, my, you know, growing up, you know, in the in the years like previous to when me and my mom moved away from 67th Street, Sam, you know, 60, um, over there where my grandmother was while I was born, you know, it was, you know, it was cool and people apologized and stuff, you know, it was normal. But what happened was my mom married somebody who was extremely arrogant. I mean, would just do stuff to her and not be sorry and say it was her fault. And this was a man, a supposed man of God who's a pastor right now. And I'm not trying to put him on blast, but what I'm saying is I realized why I never learned it. Um, and so we didn't, you know, you know how it is sometimes in churches. Everybody prays the pastor. The pastor can't be wrong. Um, everything the pastor does is excused. It's got to be everybody else's fault because he's perfect. Um you know, but I just, I grew very judgmental. I grew up in an environment of judgment, criticism, and just doing whatever and not saying you sorry to people. And, I, and you know, sometimes you don't realize when you are raised in a certain environment and how those, those it's like particles, you know, like dust particles that are settling on you and then they settle inside of you and then you begin to do those things and you don't even realize that you're doing it, or why? And so it wasn't until um, recently that I was around people who were contrite. I was around people who would step on somebody's toe and be like, I'm so sorry. You know, kids, my students, you know, being around them, they would do something, oh, you know, I'm sorry, no, that's okay, or they wouldn't get, you know, if somebody did something to them, they didn't lash out, and you still, you know, it was, oh, man, that's okay. You know, it was not until now that I realized that toxic environment, you know, that kind of, um, you know, that kind of taught me some bad habits, if you will. And so it's being on the, I get it, like what you're saying, I get it now because it's so different. 
it's so different being on, on the other side where you're acting like a human being. You know what I'm saying? Where you're like actually sorry and you admit when you're wrong and you think about how your actions affect other people and, you know, if you do something wrong, you're not too afraid to say, I made a mistake, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me, please? You know, and then the whole thing of if you're contrite, then it draws other people closer to you, too, because that brings about trust, and people know they can trust you because they know that if you do something wrong um, and that you actually care that you did something wrong, that you feel will feel remorse or guilt, and that you'll want to make it right. So that's the higher likelihood that you will admit that you did something wrong in the first place. You know, so it's so many things that are wrapped up in that is what I'm saying. And um, I just never really knew until recently what that looked like until God placed me around people who showed me that, people who were humble, people who really had a God-like spirit. And, and that, you know, being that way maintains relationships. So I just wanted to share kind of a real-life, you know, lesson, I guess. But, you know, as I was always listening to you, then it, it, what you said really further explained to me what that scripture just said. Because when you're haughty and lofty and another, that's all you, and that's not God. And right. so I can see now why God is, is, is near to those who are brokenhearted and, and contrite of spirit because now they have got, they're at a point now where, where they will hear and listen to, to and from God because they're not walking <laughs> themselves. So, I mean, as you, I just saw that so much more clear when you said what you just said. Because uh, that's true because I wouldn't even, like, before, even when I was in my, you know, well, you would know, but when I was in my 20s and my 30s, I didn't, because I never want, y'all, like you might think I'm exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. In my entire upbringing, after my mom, after we moved out of my grandmother's house, and we did that when I was like eight. From the time I was eight up until recently, recently, I never, I was raised in a house where I never heard anybody say it was sorry. And I, I mean, some foul stuff. I never seen, I never heard it. I never heard, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. And I, so then I was a person who never thought I was wrong. Or even if I did know I was wrong, I would say, oh, I'm wrong in the inside, but I never made it right with the other person because that was what, you know, and then that brings up, and I understand now why it's so important to understand certain things because we have to teach it to our children. Because we don't want our children to have broken relationships. You know, we don't want our children to mistreat people and stuff. You know, so, it's, man, wow, this ooh, this is really hitting me. Thank you. Hey, well, look, that's just the first sentence. We ain't even got <laughs> Everybody oh. already quiet. <laughs> Lord, oh, Lord. It says, Jehovah is nigh unto them that are a contrite spirit, and save as such as a, I'm sorry, Jehovah's not to them that are a broken heart, and save as such as a contrite spirit, Psalms 34 and 18. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is a contrite and humble spirit. I mean, that's powerful. I dwell in the high and lofty place, but I'm also down there with the humble. 
that that's that's mighty. That's that's powerful. Mm. So that's those words are coming from God, right? Like right, right. That's Isaiah okay. Isaiah fifty seven fifteen, okay. and that's God speaking that. I'll read it again. It says, for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, okay. who name, whose name is holy. Okay. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and humble spirit. Mm-hmm. Again, that's wow. Isaiah 7, 15. Mm-hmm. God, so he's saying, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, no, I'm just, like, really, like, we, we all the way to the end, and I forget everything. Oh, right. Um, I mean, the purpose, that's, that's really how we get a better understanding. Again, like, because when you, like, what you just said about your experiences, that even further explained what that scripture says. So, again, you know, you know, mm-hmm. go ahead. Okay. So, that's, okay, so what that says to me, then, is that he's saying that even though I mm-hmm. am who I am, I'm yeah. spotless, I'm without sin, I don't do anything wrong, I'm still able to humble myself and dwell and come down there Mm. with you in a place that I don't have to be because I've done nothing, but I'm still able to humble myself, and um, so you should be able to do the same thing. Who are you? You Come on. You think you're so high that you can't go humble yourself and apologize to somebody or be sorry about something you did or admit that you were wrong or help somebody or whatever. So it sounds like he's teaching us humility by his example in that verse. Mm. Okay. And and the the best example is Jesus. I mean, because right there God is showing that he did it in spirit because that's what his word says. But then the best example is Jesus who actually clothed himself in flesh. So, wow. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. God's people often erroneously think that they need a contrite spirit only at the time they repent and believe in the Lord or whenever they subsequently fall into sin. We should know, however, that God wishes us to keep our spirit in a state of contrition at all times. Although we do not daily sin, we are nonetheless required by him to be of humble spirit constantly because our flesh still exists and may be stirred up at any moment. Such contrition precludes our losing watchfulness. We ought never sin, yet we always should have sorrow for sin. The presence of God is felt in such a spirit. Hmm. I'm going to just, yeah, I'll just leave that alone. God takes no pleasure in our repenting over and over again as though this was sufficient. Rather does he wish us to live in a perpetual contrition. Only a spirit of this kind can equip us to detect and mourn immediately all disharmony with the Holy Spirit present in our conduct and deeds. So, okay, first of all, repenting over and over again ain't really repenting. That's just you saying some words. Mm. You know, so I, I'm going to just at least say that as that. So and so he's saying he doesn't want us to be repenting over and over again, and he doesn't want to live in a perpetual state of contrition or a perpetual just mourning or I'm sorry for what I did. That's That's not how he wants us to live. So only a spirit of this kind can equip, equip us to detect and mourn immediately all disharmony with the Holy Spirit in our conduct and deeds. But he's saying, but that state of sensitivity, because, see, again, then that per, that, at that point you're open. So then it, he wants you to be at that state of sensitivity so you can detect, again, our spirit and the Holy Spirit, they are in harmony with each other inside of us. 
So then all of a sudden, if the Holy Spirit says, you know what, mm-mm, mm-mm, then you should be so sensitive that you, de- you can detect that even without being so sorrowful and repentant. It also helps us to acknowledge our faults when told to them. In other words, when God says, hey, 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 huh? Okay, I'm sorry. See, that's how he wants you to be. You ain't got to always hear from somebody else, but you hear from within because you're in, in such contact with the Holy Spirit. The penitent spirit is very necessary for despite the fact a person has been joined to the Lord to be one spirit, he is not forever afterwards infallible. The spirit can err, Isaiah 29 and 24. Even if it's not err, the mind can be so confused as to paralyze it from ex- executing the thought of the spirit. A contrite inner life helps one to confess instantly and not to hide those little points others have noticed in him as being unlike the Lord. God saves those who possess a contrite spirit. Others he cannot say, for it requires contrition to know his mind. Mm. Mm. It requires contrition to know his mind, the mind of Christ. It didn't say salvation, even though contrition is part of it. But see, now we're talking about the deeper things of God. So when you have the mind of Christ, and see, that's what we're learning. We're learning spirit, soul, and body here, and we're learning how, how, these, how these parts function within us. So now when we're talking about the mind of Christ, that's a state of constant humbleness, openness, and, and sensitivity, sensitiveness so that you can hear, and, and hear what God is saying, and that way you can line up with what God is doing. God saves those who possess contrite spirit. Others he cannot save, for requires contrition to, contrition to know his mind. People who cover their faults and excuse themselves do not have a repentant spirit. Hence, God cannot save them to the uttermost. Even right there, that's just saying they're not being accountable. They're not being real. They're not. What, what did you say yesterday, Lisa? Um, yeah. um, after I got finished going through whatever I was going through. I don't um, remember. Parent. Transparent. Oh, being transparent. Uh huh. Mhm. Because in all oh. honesty, you're not being real. Okay. She's a fake baby. Hey. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> all right, Alexander O'Neill. <laughs> wow. I was gonna say something, but I'm gonna leave it alone. I'll say that joke for another time. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, it, it wasn't a prayer line joke anyway. But anyway. <clears throat> no kidding. Anyway, people who cover their faults and excuse themselves do not have a repentant spirit. Hence, God cannot save them to the uttermost. How we need a spirit susceptible to the correction, both of the Holy Spirit and of man, a spirit willing to concede to having lived below par. And then we should daily experience the salvation of the Lord. (sighs) A broken spirit. Anyway, somebody got something? Yes, let me ask you this here. Mm-hmm. When people have a spirit like that, uh, uh, they, um, like they they say, like like you know you're not telling the truth. Like like, like the lady just said, uh, she went on in life and thought everything was okay because you know that's the way people live around her and everything. But what about the people that teach God's word and, and they know they're wrong? <laughs> Do they really know? They don't know God really. Because if you did, you wouldn't keep doing this. I mean, you don't never show you if you know you're wrong. People know you're wrong, and you still just continue to, to walk in the way you want to walk. 
So how, how, how do they, how, I mean, how do, man, how, how could I put it? Um, <laughs> how do they see about themselves? How do they sleep at night knowing I'm a, uh, leading these people? Like, you know, God say uh, the ones that lead people going to be judged more strictly. So how do people live? Is that the enemy that they being led by? And I know it ain't mm-hmm. God, is it? Are they just lost and just say, I'm going to do this one, I'm going to do it anyway, you know? Well, I mean. Can I it's... answer that? Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it will be okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to say Let me do just um, one more thing before you answer this. Cause sure, sure, sure. I, I, I won't say this here because I, I know when I do something wrong. We men, for one, and women do it too, but me as a man, and sometimes I say, I know this ain't right, but but I, I'm the man. I'm I'm gonna, I'm a, this is the way it's gonna be, and that's the way it's gonna be. But I know this wrong. But God's still working on me though, because I'm bringing out in the open now, like you just said. So how do people? You, I can't sleep at night or through the day. I have to go back and say, look, I, you know what the little quarrel we had or what I did. Hey, hey, forgive me. I you know I was out of place. I'm sorry. I can do that now, but it was the time I just didn't care. So. Right. Do, people, do people ever come to that? Do some people ever come to that point that that says them say, "Look, I'm 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 wrong," I, but how do they just live with themselves in a constant mm-hmm. lie? Well, you know what? Let me let me say this. I can answer that um, from you know just from the point of view of a person who was. I, you know, lived, I was a preacher's kid. I lived in the house. I was around all pastors all the time, deacons, you know, and all of that stuff. So I kind of lived in the whole church scene, if you will. That's all I really knew. And what I can tell you is everybody who who puts Rev in front of their name or a pastor in front of their name or a deacon in front of their name or evangelist or apostle or whatever, ain't of God, number one. So, you know, we as human beings, you know, if somebody can pray us up under the bench or somebody could, you know, preach us to the whole building fall down, mm-hmm. we want to give them a title or we want to see them as being of God, but everybody is not of God. Everybody doesn't have God inside of them. They profess to. They profess to, but they really don't. And it's not until a person, I don't care if it's the Pope, it's not until a person really and truly has their own personal, genuine, real, real walk with God, and until God has put them in a place of brokenness and contrition, that they will begin to do that which we are talking about. And that's really what it is. They can sleep at night because they ain't really got the, the Holy Spirit for real dwelling inside of them. They can do stuff and not say they're sorry, and, then, and, not even, and really and truly not even feel like that they're sorry unless God has really done a work inside of them. And that really means that he has to break you down. And the problem is when man pumps our head, you know how men, how people yeah. pump up these pastors and these evangelists and stuff like that, just demigods and above everybody else. When you allow um, your flesh to be taken over by that nonsense, you really do, you lose your ever-loving mind. You really start to forget, you know, what you're supposed to be doing and what's the right thing. So that's why they, and, it's, and I can honestly tell you that after, it was not until, in my case, it was not until, until I turned 40 years old that 
my dad, well, who was my, my real stepdad, finally said he was sorry to me. I mean, all the discussion, dysfunction, it was not until 40 years later when God, and you can say, you know, when God had really done a work in him, I mean, really had done it, that he said he was sorry. And that's a whole lifetime. So, you know, I'm not saying that to indict him in any way, but I'm just trying to make a point that, right. you know, sometimes it happens later rather than sooner it's up to the person. And then can I tell you something else? Uh-huh. Let's talk about me. I ain't going to put this all on him. Let's talk well, about me and the fact that I had not allowed the Holy Spirit in to do a work in me and to make me a forgiving person and to oh. make me contrite so that, you know, if he had said he was sorry, if he had mm. said he was sorry, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have accepted it because now right. that I think about it, I right. do remember him trying to reach out to me, you know, um, in my 30s, you know, when I first started um, having children. Well, I was 25. But, you know, when I felt he, he had tried to, but I was so angry. I mm. felt like they had jacked my life up and all this other type of stuff. I was filled with so much resentment. Mm. I didn't even accept it. I didn't even accept it. So reconciliation probably should have happened a long time ago. So, you know, it's everybody, all parties have to have a contrite heart and an open spirit. But, you know, specifically to your question, man, that's all I can say from what I know is that until the walk is real, until a person really lets God in and do that house cleaning that we've been talking about, and until the Holy Spirit really is made manifest on the inside, it doesn't matter who you are, what your position is, what your title is. You are not going to be contrite, and you're going to sleep just fine. <laughs> okay. So, Pastor Sam, I don't know. Hey, I'm, I'm going to keep reading. Can <laughs> <laughs> I ask you a question, Dad? Yeah. Mm, wow. Okay, a broken spirit. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, Psalms 51 and 17. A broken spirit is one which trembles before God. Some Christians do not sense any uneasiness in their inner man after they have sinned. A healthy spirit will be broken before God, as was David's son having one sin. It is not difficult to restore to God those who have a broken spirit. I mean, again, a broken spirit is, you know, again, you, you're out of yourself. And, and, and it's, it's easier for God to talk to you because you listen. Mm-hmm. You know, and even as people was talking, Dad, you know, I, you can relate to what I'm about to say. You know, you got to be sick and tired. Before you're sick and tired, you got to be at your last. Some, yes. You let go of certain things. You you just, I'm tired of this. Now, you might you might say it, and you said it over again. I'm going to quit this. I'm going to stop that. But then there's one time you just, at a certain point, I'm just, I'm done. Absolutely. I, I, you got it. And that's what they say, like, in the meetings, I got to be at the bottom. I got to be at, at my bottom before I'm ready and really, really willing to receive anything from anybody. Myself. An afflicted spirit. But to this man will I look, to the afflicted and contrite spirit, and who trembleth at my word, Isaiah 66 and 2. The spirit with which God is delighted is afflicted one because it reverences him and trembles at his word. 
Our spirit must be kept in a continual reverential fear of the Lord. Mm. Is that respect, Sam? Yes. I, there you go. That, say that again, Dagwood. <laughs> you know, see, you got to, it's a relationship thing. Because he's your, he's your daddy God, but he's also your Lord and creator. So, you know, it says come to his throne, his throne room in boldness. So and that means, I, I, first of all, I'm allowed because he, you know, again, like we said, he's the holy of holies. So he's God. But because you're his child, you are legally allowed to come in the throne room, and he wants you to come in in boldness, boldness upon his word, not on your, in, your, in and of yourself. So, but even in that, you recognize that, you know, he's still God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, you got to get that balance. <laughs> we just got to get out of self. We crucify this flesh daily. Get me out of self and into the spirit. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a continual theme. As long as we are clothed in this meat, we're going to have that battle. It's a battle. I trust. Oh God! When I catch up, like Paul said, what did he say? I I strive to do right, but wrong is always there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I be trying, and then next thing I know, I be in deep trouble. And now I just heard you say about repentance. I really do mean it, but I catch myself, and then sometimes the spirit tell me, "Don't you look over there? Keep driving. Don't do this." And then I will be obedient, and then the next. Uh, maybe an hour or so or whatever. There ain't no set time. Mm-hmm. I myself doing something. I said, oh, man, I just asked the Lord to forgive me for this. But I really, truly be sincere, though. But, man, I guess he said, let us stay. And another thing he said, let us take on my words day and night. I mean, wow. You have words that's praise and worship and talk to him consistently. And then you want to fall into these rich man. Well, you know what, Doug Dagwood? Uh, the key is, what are you feeding? See, flesh or spirit. If you right, flesh. Okay, let's break it down through that. Your flesh, your soul, or your spirit. Depending on which one you're feeding, depends on which one's gonna that's gonna lead, because they're gonna be the strongest. Now, the heart is your spirit, right? You, say it again. No, actually, your soul is your spirit. Your mind, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your spirit is a, is the uh, part that was born or born or regenerated, came alive after you received salvation. Now, this is the key, though. A lot of the word, words of the world are interchanged with the way that God says them. That's that's where you came from with that. But that's why I say you got to. So sometimes when we're talking like strictly biblically, a lot of the world, a lot of the words that the world use, you're talking about the same thing. But biblically, it sometimes makes a difference, and that's why I said it like that. Okay. Now the spirit is like when when God created us from the the dust, and He breathed into us His living spirit. Is that part of right? Okay. And now on that note. Breathed his spirit into us. That's why we're not like any animal, any tree, and all that other stuff. When you see people doing all this crazy stuff, they're going to die for an animal or a bit off, you know. They they do not have spirit. They have a soul. 
Cats have a soul. That's why they got personalities. It's emotional. Right. It's They're right. Emotional. In your soul, right. But they do not have a spirit. God breathes his spirit into us. He did not do that for any, any, any of the other creations that he did. And that's why we're different. Wait, let me, you know what? You got, you on, on, on got me on something now. And I'm going to ask this because I've been reading. Now, oh, wow, Holy Spirit. Uh, oh, so that's, is this why God say he created it in his image because he breathed his spirit in us and that's the image of God? Oh, there you go. You got it. All right, wow. all right, all right. Wow. Oh, wow. Mm. Now, now, check this out. The triune God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, they had a meeting. They said, let us make man in our image. So the triune God, before he made us, he said they had a meeting. They were all meeting together. Let us make man in our image. That's why we're a three-part being. We have the body, soul, and spirit. Yep. Wow. Man, this is good. This is good. <laughs> now I know who, like they say, when you become aware of who, who, who mm. you are and mm. who you are, mm-hmm. and so much the spirit. Oh, Lord. <laughs> now, that's why the angels look at us like, okay, why they look at us differently. And I forget uh, specifically what the word says, but they marveled us because we're children, we're sons of God. Wow. The angels. Yeah. And that's why so they... The angels... Go ahead. Okay. So, so the angels do not have, they're not in God's image. Like, oh, that they're, they're total spirits. Angels are total spirits. But in the word it says they look. I, I forget how it says specifically, but they look at us. They look at us kind of like they marvel at us. I think is what the word says. Mm-hmm. So God created the angels, but evidently they got a. They have a a, a, um, a will as well because Satan chose not to follow mm-hmm. God. Right. Satan was the highest angel. The highest, that's right. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the second in command. Yep. Exactly. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> well, I have to that we got Google on the line. You know she's going to find out. She's going to say, like, let me get my Google out. She's going to find out exactly what's what. Yeah, she's like the Jeopardy people that look up the answers. <laughs> oh, hey. hey yeah, you know, know, the Jeopardy people, like, if they say somebody got a wrong answer, <laughs> but it's really right, and they come back, and they're like, uh, it turns out that we can accept the answer of uh, <laughs> the Tower of Babel. That's delicious. She's like, mm-mm, some don't sound, mm-mm. <laughs> but no, I, I, I was going to say that on these, but this, I love this topic, because, yeah. <laughs> Topic is awesome, but you know um, what's what's sad is that that the, what you're discussing about the spirit, soul, and body. That's why he said that um, we're either the he's either our father or Satan is our father. 
Mm. It depends on which mm. way your mm. hierarchy is. So if mm. your spirit soul and body, so the Father is your Father, the Heavenly Father is your Father, and that light that is Him is what the, is what the many people see when they see you. You know, they be like, there's something about you. People are always attracted to the light, and they're always wanting to be in the presence of the light. But if your body, soul, and spirit, then your Father is the devil, because mm-hmm. he's the one that helps in, in the, you know, he's the one that continues to feed that that pride and that that selfishness that is within all of us. And so we have to we have to be constantly aware of what is leading us. You know, because you can you can be spirit minded but fleshly, you know, your flesh is still stronger. So you have to be really willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and be like, Okay, all right, hold on. Is this me? Or is this you? Am I doing this for me or am I doing this for God? So you want to bring him glory. If what you're looking to do doesn't bring him glory, then you're dealing with your flesh and not the spirit because that's the whole concept. Whatever we do is for his glory. So when people see whatever we do or whatever we say, they see God in it. If they can't see God in it, then that means you're working out of yourself. All righty. Break it down, break it down. <laughs> yeah. Mm, mm, mm. And let the toast say amen. Mm. Amen. And pass the collection plate. Oh, I was just about to say, look, y'all can really pass that plate, okay? I, I need a little something. <laughs> the, the good one, the silver one with the red velvet at the bottom. Stop. <laughs> The yes. building fund collection plate. The building fund. The one they keep, the building fund that never, ever gets funded. Yeah, right. Another yes. building. <laughs> Baby, we had that building fund from the time I was five up until the time I was 25. I'm like, damn, we made it to the top of the thermometer yet? Oh, you know what? You know what just hit me with that? And again, you know how I always say we got to stop thinking literally? We mm-hmm. don't know what the building fund was building. We thought that it was for a building. Mm. Who's mm. building or what, what project was building or what even need to be uh, Thank you. Okay, you can oh be building goodness. a bank account. We don't know what the building fund is building. Mm. So what you're saying is we're talking about multiple meaning words. They're like, we I gotta stop taking it literally. The mm. building fund could be, wait a minute, so you're telling me, Sister Pam, that the word building and building fund could have been a noun or a verb. It could have been actually building somebody's bank account, building up, or it could have been for the building, a noun. Okay, never thought about that way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, most most yeah. undoubtedly, it was a verb. It was, it was building something. You just never knew what. I can't do this. We need a, a comedy show, like a prayer <laughs> shift in ministry comedy hour somewhere, Schaumburg at the Improv or something. Okay, you talking about another branch. Improv. Lord Jesus. Another branch on that tree. My God. Yeah, you know, that's going to be the branch she started. I I got enough as it is. <laughs> uh, no, you're going to be the star performer. What you uh, no. Look, I come and do an I do a, a, what's it, a little improv or, or like Stan Lee and all his movies. He just show up. Oh, a cameo. You want right. to do a cameo? <laughs> just walk across the stage. Hey, hey, walk across the stage. Give me a, 
Okay, well, just like Russell Simmons, thank you. Good night. Give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have mercy, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, me... do with this crew right here. Okay, an afflicted spirit. Did I get to that one? But to this man uh-uh. will I look, to the afflicted and contrite spirit who trembleth at my word. The spirit with which God is delighted is an afflicted one because it reverences him and trembles at his word. Our spirit must be kept in continual reverential fear of the Lord. All self-reliance and self-conceit must be shattered. He didn't say diminish. He said shattered. Yeah. This word of God must be accepted as a sole guide. The believer must possess within him a holy fear. He must have ab- <laughs> now. See, this is so contradictory to everything the world teaches, and I talked about that Sunday. You got the rules, regulations, and guidelines according to the world. Guys are totally different. Okay, the believer must possess within him a holy fear. He must have absolutely no confidence in himself. <laughs> he must be a one whose whose spirit is so stricken that he dare not raise his head, but humbly follows the command of God. A hard and haughty spirit always impedes the way of obedience. But when the cross is working deeply, a believer comes to know himself. Did y'all get all that? Mm. Did y'all did y'all hear? I mean, no confidence in yourself. I mean, understand where he's coming from. That's the first and foremost thing. So we don't need to get all, no, no, I don't need to go to school only. No, dummy. You need the education. Again, spirit, soul, and body. Okay? All right? But recognize his proper position. Now, what he's talking to is from the viewpoint of the spirit leading the man. That's where he's coming from. Like I said, it's like, say, you're looking forward. And then to the right, you stand in all authority that you do, you're telling the devil you're not going to do this. You're telling your body I'm, you're going to do this. And you just stand like Superman. But then when you turn to your left, you humble your head and say, okay, God, what we do? You know, I mean, like I said, it's so contrary to how the world teaches us to walk. Okay, yeah, I'm about to cut somebody. Because, see, I got to have an understanding of everything that's going on. I got to know A, B, C, D. Before I step out, I need to have my the, the main topic, then the topic underneath that. I have to have all those things in the line before I go walk out here and do what I'm supposed to do. Really? That ain't how God told you to do that thing. But I'm going to leave that alone and keep reading. You're going to leave it alone. Oh, now you're going to keep reading. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway. A hard and haughty spirit always impedes the way of obedience. Obedience. But when the cross is working deeply, a believer comes to know himself. Wow. Because, you know, we really, truly don't know who we are in Christ. We've got all these false images, things we think about, how we think we need to be, but that's not how God created us. So we have to get to these points where we are broken, contrite, afflicted. See, that's why God had that that's, had that thorn in Paul's side, and he wouldn't take it out. Hell, I know that's why I struggle so much with my business, because he it, it forces me to go deep in him. You know, the only way I love, I had, it forces and it puts me in a position. Like I said, this morning, I'm like, 
I, you know, oh God, really, you know, and, and again, so it, it, it that it's a it's a deep working and that you really can't get any other way. And see, Lisa said, I don't know what she said earlier when she was talking about it, where you won't be comfortable. Because see, when you're comfortable, you kick back. Yeah, all throughout history, the children of Israel, when they were afflicted, they cried out to God. But when they got comfortable, there wasn't nobody on them. All right, then they let the guard down, and they just started doing any and everything. It's the same way now. That's why I la say, you know, God be laughing at me because, you know, he got me. He got me. I can say, you know, I talk about going underwater and have gills. I, can't, I don't even get a chance to come up for air. He's like, yeah, okay. And it makes me draw close to him. So he got me. I'll do you. He, so literally, my affliction. He's telling me I'm all right. But God, he said, "Oh no, you're fine, son." But God, but really, I got this. We okay. When you get quit hollering, I, I'll let you see what you need to do. But right now, you you okay, Felicia? Yeah, you're so much up in yourself and in your situation and circumstance, you can't even hear from me uh, or, or 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 what it is I'm doing. So. I'm going to just let you get to a point where you're tired, and then I'll speak to you then. So stay right there. You can't go nowhere, and you're protected. You're covered. <laughs> but you're sure not comfortable, and I'm going to keep reading. Woo, everybody went on mute, 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 mute. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. But when the cross is working deeply, a believer comes to know himself. He realizes how undependable are his ideas, feelings, and desires. Hmm. Hence, he dare not trust himself, but trembles in all matters, acknowledging that except he be sustained by the power of God, he shall unquestionably fall. Really? Does that sound convenient, comfortable? likable in any form or fashion. You sound good to somebody who ain't living it. I'll keep reading. We must never be independent of God. The moment our spirit ceases to tremble before him, at that precise moment it declares its independence from him. Except we sense our helplessness, we shall never trust in God. A spirit which trembles before him shields one from defeat and helps him to truly apprehend God. All the while we're wearing this meat suit at any time, it's, it's looking for an opportunity to come back and be dominant in your life. Don't think it's not. I'll just read on because, see, I, I'm going I'm to just get through this last thing here. A lowly spirit. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs 16 and 19. He who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. Proverbs 29 and 23. And also with him who is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble. Isaiah 57 and 15. Lowliness is not looking down on oneself. Rather, it is not looking at oneself at all. Right there, that whole sentence should change your understanding of what he's talking about. See, again, not, not okay, well, I'm going to use these. Okay, now this is what I'm using, words of the world. 
not you know so not being so beat up, so abused, so that y'all I'm, I can't do anything. That that's not what he's talking about. Uh, I, you know, I I can't. I'm not anybody, and that's not what he's talking about. Lowliness is not looking down on oneself; rather, it's not looking at oneself at all, and understanding that lowliness is I'm not going to depend on me. I recognize that it's only in and through God that this can be done. As soon as a believer's spirit becomes haughty, he is liable to fall. Pride becomes before a fall. Humility is not only God word, but is man word as well. A lowly spirit is demonstrated when one associates with the poor. It is this spirit alone which does not despise any who are created by God. God's presence and glory is manifested in the life of the spiritually humble. Mm. A lowly spirit is demonstrated when one associates with the poor. It is this spirit alone which does not despise any who are created by God. God's presence and glory is manifested in the life of the spiritually humble. I think I told you the other day when I was outside talking to my neighbor, and we're looking at another neighbor just stumbling down the block. And he was our neighborhood drunk, and my and my friends say, say, hey, without the grace of God, there would I be. Just got to get to that point that is, it's only God has gotten us to this point, because all of us at some time in our journey, we talk about it all the time. We have, we yeah, we have been there, but God. So just keeping yourself in that point of understanding. A lowly person is a teachable person. Easily entreated and open to explanation. Many of our spirits are too arrogant. They can teach others but can never themselves be taught. I'm going to just read through this so everybody can get over with the cut. And I got like a few sentences to go and then I'll be done. <laughs> Many possess a stubborn spirit. They stick to their opinions even if they realize they are wrong. Many are too hard in spirit to listen to an explanation for a misunderstanding. Only the humble can have the capacity to bear and forbear. God needs a lowly man to express his virtue. How can a proud man hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and then cooperate with God? No trace of pride should be found in our spirit. Tenderness, delicacy, flexibility, these should be the norm. A tiny bit of harshness in the inner man may hinder fellowship with the Lord, for this certainly is most unlike for him. To walk with the Lord, the spirit must be lowly, forever waiting on him, and offering no resistance to him. All right. Cutting is over with. <laughs> From the book, anyway. Questions, comments, criticism? Yeah, who got the tourniquet? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Girl, you almost made me <laughs> choke. That's not a comment. <laughs> hmm I got some calls and some neosporin. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what's that little kid they have in the um in the uh, army with the medics running around? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. Well, well, well. Anybody got anything? Cause I'm done. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm put the book back on the steps. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. 
Okay. Um, my comment is we have to die to ourselves. Mm-hmm. In the world, start it off, even like the first day of work. If it's something new to us, we got to humble ourselves in order to learn to get the procedure down. Mm-hmm. But as we go across that procedure through repetition, then by the end of a certain time, you swear we had the heart of a lion. But let someone try to show you something different in that procedure. You hear a bunch of mumbling, murmuring, cussing up under the breath, rolling the eye, because now it's taking you out of a comfort zone. But when you are broken down for where that little bit of power of you just going through repetition and knowing, you got to let it go. Got to be broken down because if not, you still got that resistance of thinking that you know everything, and it's going to keep you from being humble and to learn. And we all know that whatever we go through, once we get the easy flow of it, we still have to be daily challenged in order to help to energize our spirit. And also let it give birth in us to take over this carnal that we were um, forced into from when we first, when we know when we first start acknowledging, um, picking up things and learning them in the world's manner. Get that? Yep, yep. And it made me think. Um, one of that's one of the problems that happens with with us. Like you said, because like when you first enter a situation, you, you're humble because you, 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 it's new. There's a learning curve. You don't know. But what happens is now, remember, we're going spirit, soul, and body. And by, we talked about the other time about the mind. Well, when your spirit trains your mind, and then now God has gotten to a point where you know certain things, equivalent with that of a teenager. As a child, you, when they're you know, real um, small, you know, you, you, you dress them. You bathe them, this and other. So when they get in a teenager, they they know how to dress themselves. You might not always like what they put on, but they right. they know how to bathe. They know how to do that. So, but then what happens is, so you, God has trained you certain things at a certain level. But then what happens is, like you said, I know this now. I got this, and again, that's a perfect example as a teenager. You get caught up in yourself, and, and that's how we again, how again we can fall off into flesh, and, and, and you know so. God trains you certain things, but there's always another level of truth. There's always another level of understanding. So that's, again, how the flesh nature can just take over and, you know, and just lead you into a situation of um, a negative, you know, hurt, harm, and danger. Yeah, and then, too, you know, just like when people would go and they would ask for advice from other people, and you have to remember, they were only... They can only respond for what they think they may do or for what they did, but their answer to their dilemma or to their question may not be the answer that you need to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hey, you people come over to ask, well, you know, uh, this, that, and the other, what would you do? Okay, you have to remember the thing. What would you do? Okay, but then, too, 
let them go ahead and apply that same that that same answer to that equation. Then walk back and say, Well, you steered me wrong. You did this, you did that. But neither was ever for you. You know, it's down to the point of having somebody and talk to and try to wait uh it's the means. But in the meantime, we still got to do our homework and um, footwork in order to get better understanding of what's being shown for us to learn from that situation. Mm. You understand? Yep, yep. I don't just want to go back and fall into having a fall guy and escape, though. Yeah. Well, you told me. I can only tell you for what I would do. I can't tell you what you can do. Well, see, that's that's why we need to, okay, again, somebody said earlier, it's work. We got to know God for ourselves. Right. And part of that learning process is stepping out and being willing to make mistakes and, and learning his voice and learning your relationship with him. So those, you know, that's something that we got to, you know, you got to do, and you got to be willing to step. Again, I, I'm talking about my experience right now. This whole thing that I'm going through, this off-again and on-again relationship, I'm like, really, God, I'm done with this. Really? Ah. But every time I get, honestly, I, I told y'all that I tried to call them. Every time I tried to call them, they weren't available. Because I was about to say, I'm done with this. Every time they called me, I wasn't available. Then the next day after the prayer call, something else popped up. So it's like, really, God, you know, but again, I could have forced myself. Now, I'm going to talk about learning now. I recognize that, that pattern of, okay, I'm trying to hit them. They, okay, Lord, so I didn't did, just, just, I'm going to make it happen. I said, well, you know, that's, I, I'm, I'm trying to, okay, God, I'm trying to hear from you now. I'm trying to hear from you. I'm trying to trust you, you know. So, again, I, but I was willing to step out there. I was willing to, to, to be obedient to what he was telling me to do. You know, so it's 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 again it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, but you know, are you willing to do it? Okay, and then too, just like you said, we go in for physical training. You ain't used those muscles in a while, and now you're trying to work the muscles. How's it gonna make you feel? You say trying to work those muscles and what? That's just like we're going in for weight training or even <laughs> exercises. If you're not used to doing it, once you start, how are those muscles going to make you feel? Right, 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 right. You're going to get some pain. You're going to get some swelling. Because now you, you're working on something that hasn't been worked on. Mm-hmm. And you still got to build up that momentum. And as you build up that momentum, you're also building up a certain amount of strength. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so in building up your momentum and your strength and building up your muscles, okay, that's making your physical being stand more upright and and, and and stronger. But in this, your spiritual muscles, in order for your inner, your spiritual, your belief, your faith, to have something strong to stand on, especially when you come across those areas that the most you got that to fall back on and say, uh uh-uh, no. Mm, I got this right here. I'm 
Sex never bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> Again, that's why he tells us to exercise our faith. Exactly.
because, you know, every kid between the age of 12 and 15 and just got boxed. You know, you are describing this a little bit too much in detail. She <laughs> having a flashback. Okay. Baby, I'm telling the truth God loves. Yeah, but I, I must apologize. I didn't know y'all heard me, heard my, I ain't sitting that ugly there. I told oh. you he didn't know he was on mute. Your mouth. No, no, the lady came in and asked me, did I have something? And I'm like, uh-uh. And then we get ready for the National Junior Honor Society program. Okay. And um, and, and I was like, I don't have it. And then she came in and she came with a little dress on. I said, why do you want a little dress? Your husband going to get mad. Father? She probably, she, <laughs> she probably heard that. I didn't know, honestly. Then, then I looked down, I saw Erica trying to call me. Then. I said, oh, she said, your phone ring? And I'm like, oh, really? And there it was. <laughs> hey, look at these muscles now. But I'm going to let y'all go. I enjoyed y'all this morning. Y'all had a beautiful message. Sergio, dog, go, 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 take that shirt off in here. Go ahead. Oh, but anyway, they coming back. So they just got inducted to the Arm Society. So that's that. But all Bye, right, then. Let me try and get these. Be real. Here on, huh? Let me pray for you before you get off real quick. I mean, you ready? Yes, yes. Father, continue to speak to his heart. There's a tenderness. There's a tenderness there. There's a tenderness there that God is going to teach you how to handle. He needs you to be tender toward him but also to be stubborn and stiff-necked against resisting the devil, against the tricks and the wiles of the enemy. So the Holy Spirit is teaching you how to keep yourself stern but tender. So listen to his voice and his teaching as he is leading you down the pathway he wants you to walk. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Well, let me see. Uh, well, we just do prayer requests until it cuts off, and then we just get back on. Because it's going to cut off in a little bit. Yeah, you got about 14 minutes. Oh, okay. All right, well, who's next? Uh, you can pray for me, dear. Pray for her. Got to say prayer for her. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus. Well, I'm glad you're in a better mood today. Hey, 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 hey. Now, I'm just saying. Whatever. <coughs> All right. Bora Hmm. Okay. You are unstuck now. You've been stuck for a long time. But God says you are unstuck now. You're moving in a direction that you're unsure, but you're moving. So recognize first and foremost, because of the fact that you are unstuck, somebody is mad and is trying to come put you back where you were at. You resist him. 
and trust God and keep moving. Don't allow all that training by the enemy to reposition you back where you once were. And also don't get stuck in a new location. In other words, those habits, mindsets, things that were developed that kept you stuck where you were at there, now you'll come to a new point and you'll pause and your pause will turn into another stuck. So now that means you have to continue to seek the Lord and hear his voice regarding your walk for yourself so that you will not get stuck but will keep pressing on toward the mark of the higher calling. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What do you want, Uncle? Amen. All right, hold on. Let me see what this man wants. But take your medicine in. No, you didn't. You came down here to bug me. I don't have to come down I can't. All right. Let me pray for Nene. Go, go, Yes, 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 Father. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The anointing of God. The power of God. The grace of God. Let him lead you into all and through all. Learn not to pull back to yourself, but to press on and allow God to be God. His word has called and placed you and repositioned you in him. Now let his spirit finish what it has started. It is only by his grace and his mercy. His grace and his mercy. His grace and his mercy to Koro de la Gosa de la Garadaga, Korobosa de la Gosa, Shiragasa de la Gosa, that will carry you and train you how to flow in the anointing of God and not walk in the carnality of self. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. All righty then. 
ready? Well, anybody else? I said we just table it until the phone cuts off, which is going to be in a hot minute.
party. Like from one minute to the next, we over here and we over there. But I love it. I love yeah, it. I told you, Arthur started it when he started talking about it because he prayed for the. I forgot why I even asked him to pray for. Uh, he prayed he for did the opening prayer and then mm-hmm. he had to pray for it back. Right, 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 right. And he took off from there. Yeah, yeah, because he, he prayed <laughs> for it, but then when he came back and started talking about his dad and that stroke and that tumor and my dad, and he went back and said, "No, nah, go do me another X-ray," and there wasn't no sign of that. It just, it just went. Whoop. Just to wow. go. He, he spoke in talk. tongues for a minute too, didn't he? Huh? Didn't he speak in tongues for a couple of seconds? It was, baby. We everybody was deep in that. Oh yeah, this, yeah, everybody was yeah. He he cracked me up when he go off in it. <laughs> he can't even hold it, and he be I be talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, I be cracking up. Yeah, he went there. You are funny. Yeah, I got my moments. I got my moments. Yeah, yeah. It happened to be one of them right now. Fifteen minutes from now, I can't make no guarantees. <laughs> All righty. Well, you could because didn't you say we are our environment? Oh, Lord. Oh, 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 my God. Did she just knock me Back up on the wall with my own words. Oh, 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 wow. No, I'm going on mute. I'm just saying. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. And she does it in sissy. That's why I call her the heartbreaker because she just does it so so sweet Uh, and yeah, yeah. Bam. Oh, (laughs) Alicia be that mug to be like. All right, Henry, it's time for you to go down and receive your lethal injection now. How are you feeling? <laughs> did you remember to pray? Or did you have a last meal? Amen. <laughs> you make Henry forget he's about to get fried. Okay. <laughs> Henry be just going like, all right, Sister Felicia, I have some food and some Kool-Aid, and he's just walking, and he sit right there forget that it's about to be the long one. Oh, he about to do that green mile, that long road. You walk. on the green mile, damn there walking. <laughs> but he be holding Felicia's hand, like, it's all good. Right. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Are you comfortable? <laughs> Are you now, don't water we about to put on you. It's just gonna let the let the current fry you real, through you real good. <laughs> oh, Jesus! It'll it'll all be over soon. I love you. I love you. Oh, she loves me. That's so sweet. The last thing he he know from this earth. She loves me. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, she just be smiling. Oh my God. Yeah, Felicia, I want you on the great getting up morning for me. I want you right in my bedside. Mm-hmm. Whenever that is, just when the saints marching in, I'm singing, saying I am a pilgrim and a stranger wandering through this world of sin. It'll be all right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, Pam would be like, well, look here, Henry. <laughs> Pam would be like, well, Henry, did you get your affairs in order? Did you did you sign your will? Now, don't leave these kids out here without your paperwork, like, because, you know, you don't want nobody having a fight over your stuff because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. <laughs> I think Pam would okay. be like, oh, wait, I need your receipt. Where the receipts? Where you where your stuff at? Where your file? Well, Thank you. Know, it, it don't balance. <laughs> like, whatever. It'd be all right, but I need, we can't have no chaos because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Okay, hold on a couple of ticks. You out of balance by about five cents. Let me find that. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.